Hey. <laughs> Everyone, welcome back to the Big Halo Cast, where our two big Halo boys talk about Halos all the time. At the- <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yes, this this part this we've completely changed this podcast. We're just going to talk about Halo and nothing else forever until the end of time. Yes. Hurry, <laughs> although welcome back to the streaming heap. My name is Lynn. I'll be your. Halo, I mean host for today. <laughs> <laughs> I am here with me, Eric117. <laughs> I'm going to be your very annoyed co-host today. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe I talked you into not just doing an episode on Halo. You realize you've committed to doing at least two episodes on Halo because <laughs> this is half the season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we get to the big, exciting topic that Eric is very much looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, I'm dying to talk about it, yes. <laughs> hey, man, you wrote like three pages of notes here. <laughs> I really do have a lot to say. <laughs> before that, we have a lot of news and trailers and other shows we've been watching to talk about. <laughs> we have some bad Netflix news, followed by some more bad Netflix news. <laughs> and Ezra Miller's in the news again. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> uh, we have some trailers to talk about. The new Thor teaser trailer. And the Buzz Lightyear, where Buzz Lightyear looks like a cop trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk slightly about um, things we've been watching and streaming and playing this week. Because we, <laughs> you've been doing stuff with Guardians of the Galaxy, the video game. Yeah, because um, I have a PS5. I don't I don't watch things anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've been forced to watch Bridgerton on loop, like the guy from Clockwork Orange. Your <laughs> <laughs> eyes pried open. <laughs> <laughs> and we have some stuff to talk about. Unbearable weight of massive talents and a little bit of severance as a tease. <laughs> and of course, our big topic. Oh, Halo. So to get there quicker, let's get straight into it. <laughs> Okay, can you hear the sound of the news up truck pulling up? Hooray! <laughs> and this week we are talking about a big dump <laughs> in that Netflix is bleeding subscriber and as a result took a big stock hit. So I'm going to pull up some numbers for you, Eric. Okay. Netflix apparently fell by 200,000 subscribers during the January and March period. So I know that some of that was due to them dropping Russia. The rest of it is just Netflix bleeding subscribers because people are just walking away from Netflix. Yeah. So that, that 200,000 is just for January and March. And this article seems to have a separate figure where the decision to withdraw from Russia lost them 700,000 subscribers. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a fair bit. Uh, and that makes me kind of respect the decision a little bit more. Although with all the other payment platforms and stuff sanctioning Russia, it's really just hard to run a business in Russia. <laughs> well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> but yeah, it's overall the projected loss of another 2 million subscribers during the April, June period. Yikes. Yep. That's bad. So, yeah. So as a result, the stock has plummeted more than 37%. Wow, it's even uh, worse yeah, than I thought. Yeah, looking at the, this is definitely a lot more. It will wipe out about 150 billion in shareholder wealth in less than four months. I mean, I know Netflix has never been like super profitable. Like they've always been kind of skating that line. So a hit like this, that's disastrous for the company. 
Yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't see it because this is an audio medium, but Lynn is like chewing on his tongue or something. I'm not really sure what's going on. No, I'm I'm eating. I started talking because in the process I started eating like a cookie. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I can't do that. We're not just having a conversation. We're doing a podcast. <laughs> I put the cookies away. <laughs> <laughs> this is not an ASMR podcast. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's a lot. Um, see, Netflix was found to lose some subscribers because they got a massive boost from the pandemic, right? That's true. So yeah, it's the rubber band effect. It's not surprising, but this is a little bit more than the rubber band effect, quite obviously. <laughs> yeah, I think it's way worse than they were expecting. Yes. And also, it's clearly an indicator that they're no longer the market leader, right? Like, right. Um, maybe percentage-wise, but the market is starting to get crowded. You know, there's a lot of streaming platforms now. And honestly, Disney Plus is really muscling in on the territory. That's what um, Disney does best, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's not a positive thing um, either. <laughs> as much as you know, I like a lot of the things Disney make. <laughs> Disney should not have monopoly on anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the reactions to this has been wildly varied. Like some people are kind of like celebrating it. Uh, <laughs> did you see Elon Musk tweeted that is like it's because Netflix went woke. Yeah, go woke, go broke, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Essentially, oh, <laughs> uh, he's it's something along the line of uh, the woke agenda is making Netflix unwatchable. Even if I bought into that, which I don't, I don't <laughs> think Netflix like content has really changed any politically. It hasn't nope. changed in any way. Like it's still the same like diverse spectrum of political stuff on it. Right. It's still got it Dave ma- Chappelle on it for crying out exactly. loud. Exactly. So. <laughs> not, not only they have Dave Chappelle on it, they very much stopped their feet and um, they, they they died on that hill regarding that Dave Chappelle transphobia stuff like if anything they lost some subscribers over their transphobia stuff probably I don't know <laughs> but at the same time Netflix is a very big 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 company they're not gonna close their doors right next no they're not gonna go under right? but I mean <laughs> if they do it's not gonna be this suddenly like it'll take a while yeah this could be the first step on that road. I mean, if they don't course correct, they'll you know go the way of Blockbuster. But I don't see them doing that. I do think that they'll find a way to, yeah. to correct. Yeah. But you're not liking some of the, the things they're doing first. Are you? That's true. Like almost immediately after this news broke about, you know, the, uh, the losing subscribers and the stock getting hit, they decide what they're going to do is they're going to cancel a bunch of shows and they're going to crack down on password sharing. Now, canceling a bunch of shows, Netflix has been doing that forever. But I mean, they really like they they literally it was like the day or two after the announcement of how many subscribers they were bleeding. They canceled something like a dozen shows. There were no there weren't any shows that I watched, but I know that there were some really popular shows on that list. Um, And that seemed really weird and oddly timed. Yeah, it's a bad idea. And it makes me worry about other programs. And that's not that's not a good way to keep your customer base by making them afraid that you're going to cancel their favorite show like yeah. immediately, which they could do. Like, I'm worried about The Witcher just because of this, you know, The Witcher is a very expensive show. Yeah. Uh, and at this, and then the password sharing crackdown, like, yeah, that's something they've needed to do for a while. But yeah. announcing it now is just such weird timing. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. That might be I, to try to make the shareholders happy, but at the same time, that's not going to help build their subscriber base back, you know? No, but coming at it from their perspective, it's never a good time to announce it, right? 
But I guess uh, that's true. After, yeah. After news break that they are suffering a big loss, they might think customers might think it more understandable, like direct cause and effect thing instead Maybe. of like, oh, they're greedy. <laughs> you know. No, I mean, I suspect that they've had this in the works for a while. Like, you don't oh, announce 100%. something like this unless you've already got it worked out how you're going to yeah. do it. Yeah. And also, they I mean they know they're losing money before we do. Right? Well, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a bunch of the casualty in the canceling is they canceled that plan. Bones animated uh, series, not the Doctor from Star Trek, the the cartoon, the, the comic Bones. Uh, so apparently that's been cancelled. A lot of okay. people are looking forward to that. Uh, I'm not a big Bones fan. <laughs> I mean, I didn't care, but I did know about it. So obviously it was it was out there. Like people were interested yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and this is this is my response to people who are like, yeah, the idiots who are like, oh, Netflix go will go broke. Whatever. I don't need to talk to them. <laughs> Um, but there's some people. You like, know you oh, love you... it. You're on Twitter all the time talking to those people. <laughs> not talking to those people. <laughs> You're laughing I'm at those people. Those people. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, even some people are like, "Oh, you know, this is good for the market," which not really is bad for the market. Like people seem to want one big conglomerate of streaming that they only have to pay once, which is good for you as a customer in short term, but in long term, that's really going to like monopoly never benefited the customers never <laughs> yeah and if you go down that road you i mean we'll be we'll be right back at cable again like we're gonna go right. that's going backwards not forwards yeah exactly and this is this is the first casualty like original shows uh funding wise things that take a lot of risk that's gonna be the first to get cut and netflix for all is false and there's a lot to criticize them over content wise and agenda wise or whatever but they have been funding a lot of things that wouldn't have gotten funded in the normal television production structure, you know? Uh, yeah. Things like Love, Death, and Robots, where, where, would, it, where would, would that exist, right? <laughs> you would have had a, uh, like an online exclusive uh, VOD series for about one-tenth of the budget, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> and they, they just, you know, uh, they have done a lot of comedy specials and Pretty much the whole stand-up dynamic has changed. Like st the stand-up industry has been changed by Netflix. You know, now you want the Netflix special uh, right before your tour launch. Oh, you of know? course, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like <laughs> if Netflix don't end up, uh, comedy industry has to change again. <laughs> so you know, maybe don't celebrate the death of this giant quite just yet. For one thing, it's not dead yet. Right. <laughs> Second it's, of all, yeah. you don't want that. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> but it also like recontextualizes what we were talking about last week with them trying to change up the formula a little bit, like splitting up Stranger Things into yeah. two instead of just binging the whole thing at once. You yeah. Know, they're trying to do things like that. And now you can kind of see why maybe they're, they're they are trying to compete because they know they have to. Um, yeah. And that's a good sign. That's a good sign that they're they're trying to do something about it. Yes. Instead of just like going down with the ship, doing it our way, you know. Yeah. I actually predicted last week that I didn't quite, like, this view hasn't broke, that I, I predicted that Netflix is going to go back to regular, like an episode a week draw. Um, yeah. Now I'm more than convinced that's going to happen very soon. <laughs> and I think it should. Like it, this has, this news has, sparked the debate about like dropping on the whole season at once and watching it and dropping episode by episode. What's your stance on it? Well, I think the binge model worked really great like 10 years ago 
But now I think you do have to go back to the weekly just to keep the hype going, to keep your brand in the cultural consciousness at all times, instead of it just popping up in like random spurts, like yeah. the bin, that's what the binge model did. And when Netflix was mostly the only game in town, that worked fine. But yeah. now they need to compete with things like, you know, the Mandalorian and all the Marvel shows on Disney and what Apple yeah. TV's doing and all that other stuff, you know, uh, and Paramount. Yeah. Disney has really fucked Netflix as far as like capturing the uh, zeitgeist and the Twitter hype goes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up, really, <laughs> if you think about it, because like they didn't really put that much effort into it. They just said like, we're going to launch a streaming service and you know what? We have Star Wars and Marvel. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. We can do what we want. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think binge was good while we're in the middle of the massive pandemic and everybody have to stay home, right? And uh, as a result, Netflix got a lot of subscribers. But hey, there's nothing better to do than to sit at home and watch Tiger King, you know? <laughs> it worked. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but Talk as much shit about that show as you want, but we all watched it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> we all uh, felt guilty about exploiting the idiot that exploits animals. <laughs> <laughs> But the drop the whole season at once model is not good long term. Uh, no, and even, I think it's gonna go go away. Like I, yeah, Netflix will be the last holdout, and even they're starting to crack, like you've been talking about. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's gone. Yeah, even from like basic perspective, like right, if and uh, if they drop it over eight weeks, then somebody have to stay subscribed eight weeks exactly know, right. instead of uh, <laughs> subscribing and unsubscribing, and also it affects feeling. You know, like if you just drop into Netflix, binge a show, and then two months later, you're like, I don't really watch a lot of Netflix. But if you watch a little bit of everything over like two months, you feel like you've watched a lot of Netflix. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> like the value proposition can become a lot more psychological. <laughs> well, I hope Netflix recovers. Like, I hope they will rethink some of the stuff. Like even if they have to downgrade a lot of their um, expensive programming, a lot of their, you know, Stranger Things, Witcher, which I will be sad to see those go. But even if they move to a, a, a lower model, like really focusing on the documentaries and the stand up and the stuff that, you know, they do really well, actually better than other streaming services. Yeah. Then I think they'll they'll recover and they'll survive. Um, it'll be yeah. different. It won't be the same anymore, but they'll be yeah. around and we need them yeah. to be around. We need that variety. I have a feeling they we're gonna see them obtaining a lot of like uh, Japanese show and Chinese shows because that's been successful for them. Like that'd be cool. Yeah, successful them pretty lately. Yeah, I mean, and you're able to watch a lot of Japanese. You're you're able to watch a lot of anime without the stigma of being um, on Crunchyroll. <laughs> <laughs> stigma. What do you say? <laughs> I ain't no weeb. I just really <laughs> like Japanese culture. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to add more anime to the list of things we're going to be doing. <laughs> but yeah, look, hopefully they recover because the shows we like are going to hit first. Like, I suspect this season of Umbrella Academy might be the last season of Umbrella Academy. So I hope oh, they wrap it up. You're making me sad. <laughs> the good news is I think we will, with Stranger Things, they say they've got the five season plan and there's only one season left. I think we'll get that. Like, I don't think they'll cancel Stranger Things. That's like their flagship. But with just one more season left, they can stop and not have to, you know, make it hurt, you know? Whereas with The yeah. Witcher, I feel like 
there's no way we're going to get as much Witcher as we want. They're not going to get all the way through the books. It's just not going to happen. Oh, but the, 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 the main trilogy story, you can wrap it out in two more seasons, really. Maybe. I don't think the Witcher need to worry about that much because the Witcher may be expensive, but it's also like a very flagship Netflix title, whereas things like Umbrella Academy is like cult classic type. You That's know? true. Like it, yeah, Witcher definitely gets a lot more hype than Umbrella Academy yeah. outside of the circles that you know we run in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like when Witcher drops, it is the social media conversation for a good fortnight. They put all their marketing effort into it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and plus they make Henry Cavill take his shirt off, so that... <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that for a little while. <laughs> Arcane was on Netflix, wasn't it? Yes. Okay, yeah, and that yeah. was like they did three three episodes at a time. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, they dropped three episodes a week for three weeks, and it was a good thing. But Arcane, I don't think you need to worry about it that much because if Netflix stops showing it, all the characters are owned by. Headset, yeah, they can just uh, sell it to somebody else. It'll it'll yeah, it'll show up yeah. in some form, even if it's not yeah. on Netflix. Yeah, I know. And, and that show was being planned and pushed even before Netflix got involved. Like uh, League of Legends, <laughs> they just have a lot of money, and they're like, "What do we do with this?" I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> TV show, okay. <laughs> they just flexing at that point. I think they'll keep making arcade even if it loses money as long as it's popular. <laughs> it is very popular. Um. Much to my surprise. <laughs> you liked it. You I loved it. Liked I really it. loved it. And I, I really hope it doesn't go away. I want to see a lot more of it. But again, I was surprised that I loved it. I, I didn't want to. I wanted to hate it. <laughs> I don't think it'll go away, but I think we won't get a season two until 2023, 2024. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, also, it's an animated show. So those like take forever. You don't get those yeah. every year unless yeah. it's cheap animation, which is not what Arcane is. So from bad news to more bad news, I guess, depends on where you're standing. Ezra Miller got arrested again. <laughs> if you're standing near Ezra Miller, it's the bad news. Because this time was pretty serious, like second degree assault. They threw a chair at a woman's head Yeah. at, at a God. party when they were asked to leave. <laughs> we just put the- Ezra Miller in a cell with like Jared Leto and launched them into the sun or something. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a video on Twitter somebody posted. I don't know where the timeline is. I didn't investigate it closely. So I don't know if it's between the first arrest and the second arrest or after the second arrest. Like they're taking a picture of uh, a window where somebody have put Ezra Miller's picture up on it. Like, don't let this person in. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild to happen to a Hollywood star, right? That's and crazy. And then the, the camera pans to the... <laughs> outside of the thing and Ezra Miller is there like animatedly yelling at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gotta check that down. That's funny. <laughs> uh, so funny. It, it kind of looked like it might be a wedding as well. I'm so confused. I need, <laughs> I need some context for that video. <laughs> the thing about Ezra Miller news, man, the more context you get, the less sense it makes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody posted that um, the scene from the original Spider-Man, you know, where Flash Thompson and uh, Peter Parker get into a fight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. And, and, and Peter Parker's like, I don't want to fight you, Flash. And Flash's <laughs> like, I don't want to fight you either. Except it says <laughs> the entirety of the uh, uh, island of Hawaii. <laughs> as <Ezra Miller. laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> 
Hawaii need to kick them out because it does sound like they just fighting everybody in Hawaii. <laughs> just Ezra um, Miller is going to start going like door to door. I'm here to fight you. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, put this in the news if it was just another fight Ezra Miller got into, but they seem to be starting to be, you know, <laughs> some effect of their behavior. Supposedly, Warner Brothers had an emergency meeting about how to deal with the fallout. And I think what they have to do is either <laughs> do very expensive reshoots for the flesh or just release it. Just release it. <laughs> <laughs> Every day that goes by that they don't release, it's going to get worse and worse. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, and the first, it came out that they've canceled the flesh tying comic that Ezra Miller was supposed to write. And then they came out and said, no, 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 it's not canceled. It's just delayed to time with the release of the movie. 20 bucks says it doesn't come out. 20 bucks says like news break in uh, six months that Ezra Miller ran into a burning building and rescued a bunch of kittens and puppies. (laughs) 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 Also, why is Ezra Miller writing a flesh comic? (laughs) What what are we doing? (laughs) Do we have any like uh, any indication that they can write anything? Like, <laughs> have they ever written anything before? <laughs> yeah, and it's not like their take on the flesh is like awesome and wholly original. <laughs> In fact, it is people's least favorite interpretation of the flesh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still holding uh, out hope for what you said last week that they'll just they'll just CGI in Grant Gustin. You know, uh, Ezra Miller, Matt Grant Gustin's flesh in an episode of. Flash, like they did, like a like a thirty seconds thing where like <laughs> Ezra Miller Flash run out of the time force, and they're like, "Oh, you're me, I'm you." And then <laughs> they could just record it, and that somehow they switch places. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> now this part you can't put entirely on Ezra Miller <laughs> uh, because there's a lot of factors in it as well. But uh, the Fantastic Beast franchise also is currently on a bit of a wait and see approach <laughs> they said they're not gonna they don't have any plans they're not writing a next script they're not planning another movie they're not um, doing anything until they see the results of how financially successful this one hopefully not too much I'm, I'm torn as somebody who's grown up with Harry Potter and who first books that I've read in English uh, like proper book that school didn't make me read it pretty much Harry Potter right okay like, yeah the same thing with a lot of people our age like say whatever you want to say about Harry Potter and there is a lot of bad things to say about it but it made kids want to read for fun yeah you had kids, kids lining up yeah. around the block just to get the latest yeah, Harry exactly. Potter book and that's yeah. nothing but good there's no bad yeah. side yeah I was I was one of those kids <laughs> yeah so it, you know, every day J.K. Rowling opened her mouth, it makes me <laughs> makes me want to jump off a cliff a little bit more. <laughs> it made me feel a lot more guilty for liking Harry Potter. So I I feel sorry for people who want to see this story concluded, but also like this story is nothing, right? Anytime any story goes unfinished, no matter how bad the story is, I always kind of feel bad that whoever yeah. wanted to make it didn't get to finish it. Um, it's always kind of a shame. Like whenever 
uh, a TV show gets canceled on a cliffhanger or you know stuff like that. It's always it's always a shame. I there's a part of me that always regrets that. That yeah. said, I gave up on Fantastic Beasts in the second movie. I haven't even bothered with this movie, and I don't think I ever will bother with this movie. So yeah. if they have another one, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was looking forward to the big Grindelwald Dumbledore showdown that we know in canon happens and. Um, Dumbledore wins, Grindelwald get arrested and take the Elder Wand, but that's eight years away in fiction still. <laughs> so, I'm content to just leave that in my imagination. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this new movie didn't really do anything for me, and hey, if it leads to J.K. Rowling getting less money out of this, sure. <laughs> sure. But I'm also like, I watched that trailer for that new Hogwarts game, and I'm like, a game I wanted since I was like 14 years old. That game does look something like something else. I'm really excited about that game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so deeply broken that one day said, you can go to class. I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to school. <laughs> but it's wizard school. I would have hated that game if they just blacked out every time your character go to class. I'm like, no, that's part of the Hogwarts experience. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I have I have the same kind of feelings about like like Ender's Game, even though the yeah. movie Ender's Game was terrible. I've always wanted like that kind of a video game where you're you're in the like the school for the kids in Ender's Game, like the military school for the kids. And yeah. at the same time, I don't want Orson Scott Card to get another dime because he's a homophobic asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 So uh, especially fantasy and sci-fi fans are used to feeling like that about yeah. some of their favorite property. <laughs> like, love this work. Hate the guy. <laughs> I struggle with that a lot because a lot of my favorite writers are just awful. <laughs> You're talking to a giant Buffy fan. <laughs> so, you know, uh, nowadays, whenever somebody's like, oh, I like Buffy too, the conversation is a bit of a minefield because you're too like, <laughs> anyway, look, all I'm saying is the best case scenario for me with this Ezra Miller stuff is. I hope they get the help that they need. They turn it around, Robert Downey Jr. style, and then come back <laughs> a better person. Well, it took Robert Downey Jr. about 20 years, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, obviously, you can't... Like, especially, it's even... They're not just a movie star, right? They're in a franchise that kids watch. <laughs> you know? Yeah, true. Like, they're playing a superhero. <laughs> like, and uh, there's some stuff that come with it. I'm not one of those people who expect, like, people's personal life to be exemplary but they can't be repeatedly getting arrested for assault <laughs> yeah there's a difference between just being a crazy hollywood star who gets into trouble and does bad things and somebody who's getting headlines every single week about being arrested for crazy crazy behavior you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> anyway uh, let's hope they get the help they need and let's move into the trailer park The big new trailer that dropped this week is the Thor Love and Thunder teaser. What did you think? I can't believe that Thor is going to be a woman. That's awful. Like, why would they ever do that? Oh, God, he should be a frog or, a, you know, crocodile, something, not a woman. Uh, I, I freaking love it, man. I've been waiting for this for a while. <laughs> That mighty Thor run where you've got Jane Foster Thor is is really good. Um, I, yeah. I read the whole thing because I, I had Marvel Unlimited at the time. And it just, 
it's so good. It is really good. I know this is going to be like an MCU adaptation and it's not going to be a strict following of the comic. It's probably not even going to follow it really at all. It'll be kind of like how they did Planet Hulk with the last Thor movie. Yeah. And that's fine. Just the idea of seeing Jane Foster Thor has me excited. I think it. Yeah. I think she looks good. I'm down. Yeah. Well, they're going to change a lot of stuff, but they did say they're going to do the um, cancer storyline. Yep. So that part is big. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, in the comics, we don't know who the Mighty Thor was for a long time. I mean, they can't do that in the movie. Everybody knows that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> No, I have a feeling that it's not it's not going to be a secret at all. Like, I think yeah. Jane Foster is going to be there in uh, New Asgard and yeah. there's going to be like some kind of battle, like what it looks like in the comic or in the in the preview. And then that's when she's going to suit up. And I think everybody's going to know that's Jane Foster. And suddenly she's Thor and like there's going to be trying to figure out how. Like, that's yeah, how. I think how is going to be the big. That's big the question. Thing. Yeah. This trailer is a teaser trailer. Uh, for one thing, it's only like a minute and a half, like it's like half the length of a normal uh, trailer. And there's, it's pretty much a vibe piece, you know, like there's no real show of what the plot is going to be about. And Gore, the, the God Butcher, is not in it at all. Yeah, so, part of me is like, no, I really want to see Gore. But at the other at the other hand, I'm like, yeah, I'm glad they didn't show him. It's too early. Yeah. I don't want to see him yet. <laughs> well, it's, it's not too early in that this is the uh, latest trailer <laughs> this is as late a trailer has been for a marvel movie that's true but also because you know dr strange is coming out in just like yeah. what, a week or two so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they don't want to step on the toe of that marketing i imagine we'll get a full trailer about a week or two after dr strange drops and then we'll probably just get like a really quick glimpse of gore at that point which will be yeah cool. yeah no promises. I might make a video about this instead of ranting here. I don't. <laughs> I hope they change some of Gore's motivation because Gore's motivation in the comics has always been trite to me. Uh, it's always make Gore kind of a dumbass. <laughs> I think his his whole planet is going to be destroyed because uh, it's it's the birth of a celestial. Like I think that's what's going to set good, him off. Yeah. That's a good theory. That's a good theory. And it ties into uh, the Eternals and and where the MCU is going now. I think that'll work. That's my yeah. theory. That's just that's just yeah. what I think. I can't claim yeah. that I came up with that theory. I think I saw it on a YouTube video somewhere, but I really like it. So, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, uh, look, uh, MCU will change it so it's uh, better. Like MCU is good at changing things to fit their world better. But um, in case people didn't know, Gore in the comics, like he hates the gods because he was religious, and then his family got killed, and he's like, "Well, they are no gods." <laughs> obviously because <laughs> terrible things happen and then he found like two gods fighting over <laughs> like on, on the sky like and then he's like oh if they are gods and they didn't help me and my family then they need to be eliminated and in the process they he obtained the um, necro sword which i don't know i think i think his motivation is still kind of going to be like that because even if you look it's at this similar if you look at this teaser trailer you don't see gore but you do like they have text on it that kind of has a double meaning where it's yeah. uh, not every god has a plan yeah. um which is 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 made to explain what thor is going through but really yeah. that could also be gore's problem with the gods that they don't yeah. have a plan yeah yeah, yeah no I, my, my issue with god's motivation is not that he's going after the gods like he's still called god the god butcher in the promotions material so they're still going to have him have beef with the gods it's just that one in the comic is real dumb because <laughs> It's what like ultra religious people 
think atheists are. Like they just think atheists <laughs> are people who are angry at God. But it makes no sense in the world of the MCU where the God exists, but they also not like the biblical gods. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're not omnipotent. They're not omniscient. Like God is just a lunatic. It was like <laughs> if if anything, he should be blaming superheroes because. Uh, not all god, gods have dedicated themselves to becoming superheroes. Superheroes are the ones that dedicated themselves to protecting <laughs> people. It's like it's not Zeus' fault his family died. <laughs> like Zeus doesn't know his family exists. Yeah, but you just turned him into Zemo, like the MCU version of Zemo. That's his thing, you know. True, true. But yeah, I, I just find it so silly that God's like, oh, these guys with capes that can fly that are called gods simply because they're too powerful. They didn't save my family. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty trite. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's straight up a character out of like any of those um, landmark uh, Christian comedy or, or Christian drama movies. <laughs> like God is not dead and stuff. And oh, you know how God. they always have like two atheist archetypes, like a character who think they're too smart to be religious. Or you speak as if I've angry. watched these movies. <laughs> <laughs> What you don't sometimes hate consume things you hate. <laughs> Not like you, Lynn. <laughs> what are you, an emotionally healthy person? <laughs> I am a little bit surprised by some of the reactions to this Thor trailer, though. Like some people are like, oh, it's not that great. Like, including not just the Twitter crowd, uh, including some of my friends who are uh, really excited for the movie and really like Taika Watiti. They're like, eh, this is kind of a nothing. But what did you think? Is it because they don't give too much away? Maybe it's just because they, they're treating it like a full trailer instead of the teaser that yeah. it is. Like maybe they, yeah, maybe that's what the problem is. I don't know. Like it's hard to get into the head of people who don't appreciate yeah, I, that trailer. I really like it too. <laughs> I really liked it. <laughs> you see the goats for crying out, for crying out loud. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the, uh, the shit that the goat is pulling on? Uh, has yeah, a yeah. cocktail bar on it? <laughs> that's cocktail and dreams. Cocktails and dreams, which is the... Uh, <laughs> The, the same, bar from cocktail. The bar from cocktail, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it seems to me like they've turned you as God into a tourist attraction. Yeah. Because of great and, angle. And they've got like all these cruise ships docked there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd go. Looks fun. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to that village in real life. <laughs> and they don't have you as God. <laughs> and it seems like they've turned Valkyrie into like a bureaucratic leader yeah. <laughs> like she yeah. does not seem happy and meeks in a business suit standing right next yeah. to her that's funny <laughs> they're gonna look kick-ass in a suit though yeah <laughs> she does <laughs> she looks like she's ready to uh <laughs> throw down with any of the representatives in that table <laughs> in front of her <laughs> of course the american representative is on his feet and shouting yeah. eric well, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's how I do this podcast. I'm always, I mean, they can't tell because it's audio, but I'm always standing and shouting at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sick of talking at your t-shirt, Eric. <laughs> I'm pointing a gun at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> While just like throwing money up into the air. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you think about this new Lightyear trailer? I mean, for a movie that I don't understand, I think it looks great. It looks really fun. You you see now that he's part of like this. He's got this little ragtag group of uh, I don't know how to even space, describe space them. rangers. Space <laughs> rangers, but they're like they're 
they're more like the guardians of the galaxy and that they're kind of like misfits they're not yeah. they're not trained space rangers yeah. they're yeah. one of them is taika watiti yeah i know taika watiti <laughs> again <laughs> so uh we we get some more space new zealand so that's, yeah that's exciting that's um, exciting yeah and again the the cat steals it like just the silly robotic cat it's such obvious like marketing toy gimmick but i love it so much i want one <laughs> i only want one if it talked to you in that voice yeah it has to talk in that in that same voice with that monotone yeah. and everything yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they made zerg look frightening again yeah that looks great and recognizable as Zerg. yeah definitely looks like zerg yeah he's the yeah. same yeah, so there's uh, what I predicted after the first trailer seems to be true that there is two forms of Zerg. Like there's a giant robot version and like a more reasonable size robot version. Right, yeah. And also the big reveal this one, which uh, we might have suspected, is when uh, Buzz went on that space test flight, there's some sort of time shenanigans. And when he come back, like 70 years have passed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, I imagine there will be mystery as to who Zerg is and all that. And uh, I don't think it will turn out to be first father. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it'll be, be a son. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll be socks. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be the Statue of Liberty. They blew it up, damn it. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to this movie because like, what they announced it is a nothing project. I'm like, what? That sounds weird, but uh, it seems fun. The more I think about it, though, the more sense it makes. Like, it makes more sense than yet another Toy Story sequel. Yeah. Like, I, I get it now. But when yeah. it was first announced, I'm like, what? A <laughs> sort of serious reboot of you know, a, a telling of the story of Buzz Lightyear? Like, as a real person? <laughs> I was very confused. Yeah. But the trailers are really selling me on it. I'm actually excited and looking forward to it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's looking pretty good. The one thing I'm enjoying about this like yeah, trailer is Twitter has somehow collectively decided that he looked like a cop. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked like a problematic cop. So there's a lot of tweets going around. Like, you know how the, they released a, a trailer of Buzz just like walking towards the camera? Right. And they're like, <laughs> somebody's like, that motherfucker's about to turn his body cam off. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, turned out when you make Buzz Lightyear more human-like, he is just a dude in a Buzz guy. <laughs> <laughs> just turns into some buff white guy with a badge. <laughs> hey, until uh, there's a Punisher sticker on one of the Space Ranger suits, we're okay. <laughs> we're okay. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about what we've been streaming. And this time we have to cross out streaming and say watching slash playing. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've been bringing something to the table, Eric. Yeah, I've been playing the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy video game, which is actually a lot of fun. It's not quite as good as, like, say, Spider-Man for the PS4. That was a really special game. But this is actually doing a pretty good job of being in that kind of quasi Marvel universe where like it takes more from the comics than from the MCU. It does take some things from the MCU, like the dynamic of the team, but all their backstories are more from the comics. Yeah. Um, and the personalities as well is more the MCU. Yeah. Their personalities are the, the MCU, but their backstories are the comics. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a nice little blend. Um, and yeah. it's, 
it's endearing and the, and the, and it works. The character dynamics really work. And the story is pretty cool. I've gotten pretty far. I'm almost at the end and it, it's got some pretty cool surprises in store. The gameplay loop does get a bit repetitive, like even more so than Spider-Man and Spider-Man also got kind of repetitive. And there's some things I don't really love about it. There's this whole huddle dynamic, which I think is kind of dumb. Um, but they play that kick-ass music. They do play the kick-ass music and they do have licensed music. And every once in a while you'll get um, never going to give you up, which my son never fails to laugh at. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fun game. I really I'm really digging it. And I didn't expect much from Square because it's Square. But yeah, they, they definitely put their work in with this one. Yeah. I have not played a single second of it, but I've watched uh, streamers play. Uh, yeah. I've watched Nate uh, Slander, uh, a group of streamers, uh, play through most of it, but they didn't finish it. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I know most of the game, but I don't know the ending. <laughs> and it's on... Uh, it's on uh, Xbox Game Pass now, and I'm like, I know most of the story. I don't know if I want to play through like 30 hours of it to just get it's the. It's pretty long. Like I'm surprised yeah. by how long it is. Yeah, and it's it's really fun, and uh, it's really funny watching it on streaming because when they do the huddles, those are licensed music, and uh, <laughs> streaming platforms can shut it down. Uh, <laughs> the streamers they talking the whole time. I I watch them because I like their personality, but. When the music off, they have to like especially loudly talk over it so it doesn't get detected by the algorithm. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the story I'm gonna give a slight early spoiler. They reveal that very early in the game, so it's not really a big spoiler that Sarlot might be a dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> like, a big that's a big plot yeah. point for the whole game, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's I think people are starting to get a little bit sick of the arrested development middle-aged white guy trope. (laughs) (laughs) I can't criticize it as somebody who's also a middle-aged guy (laughs) in arrested (laughs) development, but that's the little edge they have in this story. That's the angle they give um, Star-Lord, who suddenly discovered that he might have a daughter that he didn't know about, and family is of course, always important to the character of Star-Lord and him coming to terms with and struggling with the idea of the... Uh, and they do it pretty low-key. Like, it's, it's not heavy-handed and you see Star-Lord's thinking and how he reacts to things develop as the story goes on. I will say that this Star-Lord, he, he is still a man-child, but he's not as much of one as the MCU no. Star-Lord. Like, he's not Chris Pratt. If anything, Rocket is the real man-child of the group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the most pissy and whiny and actually yeah. it gets kind of annoying in a couple places, but it works. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple of choices in the game about who to side with and stuff. I recommend you do some stuff Rocket likes early on, because if you don't, he get really annoying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Like, it's, not even, it's not even for like storyline wise, it's for like background dialogue and stuff like if Rocket hates you, he just like hounds you the whole game and it gets really <laughs> annoying. And one small thing that I will say is some people hate if the background and other characters are talking all the time during combat and stuff, then this is not the game for yeah, you. Yeah, don't they play this game. No, yeah, constant talking. Yeah. yeah. But that dialogue doesn't repeat. Yeah, it doesn't repeat too bad. It, there's been a couple of repeats here and there, but for a game where they're constantly talking, it's kind of amazing how little they repeat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I find myself 
sometimes wishing that streamers would stand still a little bit more so the dialogue can complete because storyline dialogue will always interrupt background dialogue. So sometimes they will be having like whole ads bits. <laughs> what I have discovered though, as a, as a player who kind of does that, who just stops and wants to listen to the whole conversation, sometimes it just seems like it's going to go on forever. If you don't yeah. keep moving forward, they're just going to keep babbling about whatever it is they're yeah. babbling about. Yeah. <laughs> and some of the best material are actually in the stupid babbles. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love just like standing around when you, when you get in the ship in the Milano, you can just like stand there and listen to the, the rest of the crew just like talk to each other. Some of that banter is amazing and so yeah. funny. There's yeah. this whole running gag about the fridge that I don't want to spoil, but every time <laughs> you see the fridge that's open, close it and just wait. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a space llama. <laughs> oh, the space llama. Yeah, yeah. It's great. I mean, it, it definitely captures the feel of Guardians of the Galaxy. It is silly. It's irreverent. And at the same time, it's heartwarming. You know, I, I, I really, really like the story a lot. And it goes places you don't expect it to go. Trust me. Um, and like I said, it's on the Xbox Game Pass. I think it's both on console and PC. Don't quote me on that. It's definitely on console. Yeah, I'm playing it yeah, on the it's... PS5. I have a PS5. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Got to rub it in every once in a while. <laughs> so if you have Game Pass, go check it out. <laughs> or buy it on PS5, I guess, if you're one of the 300 people worldwide who have one. <laughs> I have to rub it in here because the one person I was like picking on the most about it was my brother, my older brother, but he just got his last week. So I can't I can't do that Aww. anymore. So I have to find somebody else to pick on. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next thing one of us has been watching. And for me, that is Bridgerton. You know, there are just some noises in nature that you can't avoid. Like, it just become, no, no, not even noise. It just becomes part of the world. Like, the <laughs> gentle brook of a <laughs> river, uh, the bird song, <laughs> the chirping of the insects. Well, for me, in my house, it's pretty. It's just on <laughs> a lot. <laughs> It's just part of life. <laughs> I have just accepted have it. it. <laughs> I just want to quickly talk about it because it's been on loop like three times since season two <laughs> And there's parts of it that are really good, I think. Like it's really well written in a fun way for a lot of it. I just don't think the main story was that good, especially for season two. Uh, have you seen any of Bridgerton? I was about to ask, like, look, I don't even know anything about it. I don't even know what kind of show it is. You, you're going to have to talk to me like I know nothing because I do. I know nothing. I just know that there's a show called Bridgerton. So it's like it's a period piece like Downton Abbey. So I think it's vaguely set during the Napoleonic Wars. Okay. I have slight problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's been set during King George's reign. And uh, it's wildly historically inaccurate. It's supposed to be. While it's historically inaccurate, it's actually based on like a series of bodice ripper novels. You've heard of bodice ripper novels, right? In case yeah, yeah, audience yeah. have it, it's like the kind of like novels that you will see a, a shirtless man and a woman like kissing on the cover and you can buy it for $5 at the airport. <laughs> um, you know. It's like Thor and that blue haired chick on that pirate ship. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you frame that, that is a cover of a bodice ripper novel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the, these series were very successful and uh, people liked it because it's apparently better written than novel bodice proper novels. And then uh, it became a series. But the framing is a little bit unoriginal in that. Have you seen Gossip Girl? Nope. You know how in Gossip Girl there is like a secret 
call it this called the yeah, concept film. yeah i know how i know the show yeah i i've yeah. never watched it but i know the premise and yeah yeah bridget then was inspired by that concept and just did the exact same thing again <laughs> but in the napoleonic age <laughs> um yeah it, 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 at, uh, in season one as it started uh there's a gossip uh, writer called uh mrs whistledown uh who is just talking about all the scandals and and all the scheming and all the high society gossip stuff in the term, in the civilized society. And for majority of season one, you don't know who that is, but that is just a, like kind of like the framing device of the mystery. The, it follows the family, Bridgerton, whose father recently died, but they have like three, four brothers, I want to say. It, I've seen every single episode of it, and every time I, they show a brother, I'm like, is that one of the brothers? <laughs> How many sons they have? I think four brothers and three sisters. And it followed, none of them are married. So the series is supposed to follow their exploits in society as they each get married. So like a Bronte style narrative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> two seasons now and two of them got married now. So I imagine they're just going to bury them off one by one. Okay. <laughs> I liked your idea of uh, dragons more than this. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wait, that's referencing a long lost episode that is now. <laughs> Which I will post at some point. Uh, <laughs> I- I'm actually reading through those books again as I watch Bridgerton. And so it actually annoys me <laughs> how how much more accurate the dragon book is. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> Every once in a while, I get kicked out of the room because I, I yell things like, oh, come on, that's not a low enough bow, <laughs> low enough bow to do to the royalty. <laughs> I'm not being the guy who pay out everything that entertainment that is clearly more geared towards women, right? Sure. Uh, like I said, I, and I'm not the guy who's like, Oh, I don't watch romance thing. Like I love things like Love Actually. Love Actually is a great movie, man. Exactly. <laughs> no shame. <laughs> I, I I love a lot of rom coms, and I think a lot of this show is good. Clearly, good enough to capture a lot of people's attention, and that's why it's very successful. But some of it is also like a fucking wreck. <laughs> <laughs> because they have to contrive a way for the two people who are romantically linked not be able to marry. In the first one, it's pretty good because the Bridgerton families are like, it's like in a financial turmoil and the eldest daughter is courting a duke. And there's going back and forth and there's pressure on how to marry for money and the duke might be a player. The duke have family issues and that dynamic is actually pretty good. Each season is a little bit too long, but it makes sense that Evan flew off the courting. In the second season, it's the guy the head of the Bridgerton family who's supposed to marry now. And it seems like they're just coming up with reason after another for him to be not be able to marry the woman he wants to marry. Whereas in the rules they have set, it's not convincing. Like he should just be like, no, fuck it, we're rich now. It what does it matter? <laughs> like, <laughs> the show even make a point that to find out that they're very financially stable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I don't understand. They're just shooting themselves in the toe. And what's really funny to me, like comparing it to shows like the Marvel shows, is like it's essentially the same formula. Is that you know how in Marvel shows, like you have to save the big showdown and the 
massive um, <laughs> sky beam and the energy shooting battle <laughs> until like the last two episodes. Right. Well, Bridgerton, they have to shoot this. They have to save the sex scenes until the last two episodes. <laughs> so instead of it being all punchy, punchy, it's all kissy, kissy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, how, like each episode, there might be like a little bit of a, a fight scenes that, you know, like might set up and hint at like, oh, when they finally have a fight, it's going to be awesome. That's also Bridgerton. They're like, oh, there might be like, they might be kissing behind a bookcase. <laughs> but they're like, the show is always like, hey, hey. Keep watching. They're gonna fuck. <laughs> I don't know. That might have made the finale of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier better. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Look, I think Bridgerton need a little bit more fighting, and the Marvel shows need a little bit more fucking. All I'm saying. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, they just introduced a giant hippo lady in uh, Moon Knight, so you know. Oh no, 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 that's no, where that's gonna no. go. <laughs> She is a fertility no, goddess. <laughs> I was having fun joking around, and you ruined it. You got a problem with uh, giant hippo ladies? Are you king shaming? <laughs> I think I'm okay king shaming giant hippo lady kings. <laughs> they have terrifying jaw strength. Don't go near that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but the but the thing is the side characters are very fun. If anything, the brother who was a side character in season one was funner in season one, and when he's the main character in this, he's not as fun. And also the three main brothers, they they might as well be the same person. Every once in a while, I'm like, is this the art dude or is this? The... <laughs> I can't tell them apart. And one last thing that annoys me a lot about this show that I'm sorry if you like this show because I think I'm about to ruin it for you. Almost all the bookcase in this show are wallpaper. That really annoys the heck out of me for some reason. I said one bookcase, one bookcase is real. And you can tell because they have sex against it in season one. <laughs> and the books come out. Everything else are just wallpaper. <laughs> How hard is it to set decorate with books? I mean, really, like, why would you need wallpapers? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like they like massive bookcase, right? Like floor to ceiling, like wooden bookcase filled with books. So I guess they decided not to spend money on that. And a lot of um, Twitter criticism for this show does come from the fact that people are annoyed that this has like minority characters and people of color in it. And the show make it very clear early on that it's not going to be historically accurate about that. Like they make the queen. Is this a is this a British show or yeah. an American? Show? Okay, because yeah, I know show. I know in Britain they've got this thing where uh, colorblind casting is kind of like the 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 the, the standard like for yeah period stuff yeah for period stuff yeah. even yeah like they, yeah. they they deliberately do that and if it's anachronistic or not they don't care like the idea is to be colorblind and I actually kind of dig it I like it um, and I think it's good. So. Yeah, I have slight missed feeling about it if they cast a black person in a situation and don't talk about the fact that they're black. Like, like they, they, they treat the character as if they're white in a context where they wouldn't be treated as if they're white because they're not white. Like, you know if, I mean? if, if it's a narrative that deals specifically with racial issues, I could see that being a problem. But in general, I don't, I don't see the issue. Well, with Bridgerton, they're deliberately setting it up like an else world story like, right and that's fine but yeah no i like that aspect of it like the idea is that because the queen is black like the the taunt is can't can't be racist right? <laughs> <laughs> and the um and the minority characters in it 
talk about the fact that they are minorities. Like, right. Okay. So that being the case, it doesn't make it doesn't feel right for me to get annoyed by the other historical inaccuracy. But at the same time, I'm like, at some point they start talking about Napoleonic War, and I'm like, you guys should not be throwing parties like this if the Napoleonic War is happening across the channel. <laughs> <laughs> like, you should be under like yeah, shit, shit's going down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, let's move on before I read about Bridgerton for the next uh, half an hour. Um, well, you definitely didn't sell me on the show. It sounds mind-numbing. <laughs> it, it is fun. Like, there are a lot of sassy characters. Like, they have, like, a very um, Joe March-style character who's like, oh, I don't want to marry, you know. I just want to read. I just want to write. I want to um, do... I, I, I want to get into the suffragette movement. And they have, like, a big old sassy lady that one of these she'll always meet like she have a walking stick and i think if she's allowed to hit people with a walking stick each season of bridgerton will be an episode long <laughs> <laughs> and she just she just beat people until they act right <laughs> um, anyway i uh briefly i also watch unbearable weight of massive talent which in case people didn't know about, uh, it's a movie where Nicolas Cage play fictionalized version of, but Nicolas Cage. He played himself. Right. <laughs> he played an exaggerated version of himself. I'm not going to say anything about the plot because you should just go watch it. I'm um, dying to see it personally. Like, I really yeah. want to see it. Yeah. What I will say is if you like Nicolas Cage's career at any point of his career, if you're like, I love his classic stuff. Or if you're like, no, I like all his modern, stupid, crazy stuff. Any of it. Just go watch it. If you if you think Nicolas Cage is an interesting actor at all, this is a fun movie. I love all of it. <laughs> like I've, I've loved his early stuff. I've loved his crazy stuff. I've loved his serious stuff. I've loved it all. Nick <laughs> <laughs> Cage we can went... do no wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we went to dinner before the movie, and one of our friends said he thinks Nicolas Cage is a bad actor. And we pretty much spent the whole dinner bullying. <laughs> <laughs> and even he liked the movie. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so that's all I want to say about that movie. Just go watch it. And I'll briefly say, uh, to entice you, I binged the entirety of Severance. And so good. It's been a little while since I felt like that about a show. I, I just watched it. I'm like, man, it's so good. And I just can't stop thinking about it. I immediately message you, Eric, and be like, you have to watch Severance because we have to talk about it on the podcast. And I've been looking for an excuse to watch it just because like, I've heard so many good things. And <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess I have to watch it now. So that's great. <laughs> so that's a little tease for next episode, hopefully. As long as Eric can get through all eight episodes, no pressure, Eric. Just a warning, just go watch Severance because we're going to do an episode about it, okay? Yeah. So I think that's all we had to talk about on all the other extra things because you know what time it is now it's halo time oh when we come back after the break <laughs> <laughs> get ready to hear that sound a lot <sighs> <laughs> all right see you guys after the break Sorry, I mean, hello. <laughs> well, back. We're here. We're here to talk about Halo. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're here. <laughs> I'm here. Do you want to start with talking about what Halo means to you? How it's 
deeply ingrained into your <laughs> okay look i've never been a halo super fan but you know i've i liked halo when it first came out i remember when the first one came out and it was exciting and it was cool and i played halo 2 and i played halo 3 and i played halo reach and i i, I started halo 4 i don't remember if i ever actually beat it but that's as far as I got. I never read any of the books. I had one friend who was a big super fan and he told me a lot of the stories from the books, but like it's never been my thing. Like I said, I just I liked the games. I didn't play the multiplayer. I just played the single player because I'm not a multiplayer kind of guy. Um, OK. And yeah, I, I, I dug the story. I, I kind of liked the lore. I wasn't like huge into it, but I thought it was interesting enough. But yeah, that those are my bona fides. Like I like it, but it doesn't mean a lot. OK. Um, so for me, Halo, like there are a lot, a lot of other games and worlds that I'm upset with more. But Halo is just something like every time it comes out, like I touch it at least a little bit. I haven't finished all the games, but I know all the stories. Right. <laughs> a friend of mine, Matt, shout out to Matt. We usually play through the stories together if they allow multiplayer. It's mostly like every once in a while, him putting a sticky grenade on my back and I'm laughing at the. <laughs> cutscene finish <laughs> okay okay i i did play some cooperative i i was just referring to the the multiplayer like everybody pvp each other yeah like, yeah yeah i i never cared about that but yeah i did I play, play a lot of pvp i did i did cooperative a few times i have one friend who's really really good at it and we'd do legendary together where i would basically just keep dying and he'd keep playing you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And the Halo multiplayer, they don't even try a little bit to make it make sense. No, it doesn't make any so sense. there's yeah. just two Master Chiefs. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> kind of ruin the story. <laughs> but yeah, that's mostly my experience through the actual games. But because I'm a crazy person, I read a lot of the original books that released with the original Halo game. I'm one of the crazy people who read Fall of Reach and know the entire story before the game Halo ODSP came out, which happened to follow Reach. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment um, here. I've read all the Mass Effect books. So. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that was the thing with the Halo books. Like, when it released, the books were surprisingly good, especially because the original Halo trilogy doesn't really deal with anything else except the Human Covenant War. It's right. the books that were dealing with a lot of the things the show is dealing with right now. Uh, about uh, Master Chief humanity and the, the origins of the Spartan 2 program and Halsey being like a maniacal uh, <laughs> crime against humanity committer. <laughs> and I don't know, before the show got announced, I didn't even realize I had this much nostalgia for Halo, dumb Halo stuff. But like, but the thing I'm attached to is like the, the ships, the sound, uh, the idea of Master Chief and Cortana. Like, I'm not precious about majority of the world or the plot, but I do feel there are some core elements of, of uh, the character development of Master Chief and Cortana, especially, that I'm emotionally attached to. Um, we'll talk about it when we talk to it. But So I think I'm in the position to enjoy this show the most because I know a lot of the law, but I'm not, like, super attached to the law. I'm attached to the feel of the world, and that is one thing this 
adaptation gets right because it gets a lot wrong. <laughs> I can see that. Um, I can see that for sure. Yeah. So yeah, you want to <laughs> start with general thoughts? Okay. I mean, I'll just springboard off of what you just said. The idea yeah. that it, it it looks and feels right. Like in terms of the effects and the ship designs and even the weapon designs and stuff like that, it's all perfect. It's exactly yeah. right. And the the action scenes, when they happen, they do feel like the game in both good and bad ways but yeah yeah <laughs> I was just about to say, sometimes not in a good way <laughs> and the effects are great like there are some places where the effects are a little bit wonky especially in motion yeah. like even in that first episode there's a shot where master chief like throws his rifle on the ground and it skids across the ground and kicks up some dust it looks really fake <laughs> i've heard from some people that if you turn the motion scaling off on your tv if you've got an hd tv that helps but I don't have motion scaling on because I think it makes everything look like a soap opera. I hate it. Um, yeah. You should just have PSA. You should not have motion scaling on. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I have no complaints there. I think that's great. It's everything else that I... It's a pretty strong word. Um, despise is pretty good. Um, <laughs> can't stand is, is appropriate. Uh, <laughs> now, I exaggerate a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> For me, yeah, I'm enjoying it in a weird way, but also at the same time, like, yeah, the stories. A lot of a lot of the stuff have been disappointing. Uh, a lot of the changes have been for the worse. <laughs> but like I said, the world is good, and what you said about the looks and the design being spot on is yeah, that's completely true. And even more so than that, I didn't know it was this important to me until I hear it. The sounds. Oh, yeah, totally. The sound, the sound effects, effects are, are just straight from the game. Ripped right out of the game. Like when a yeah. shield goes down and you hear that alarm, yeah, it, it triggers yeah. something in your like amygdala. Yeah. You know, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Even the gun sounds, because that's what you hear the most when you play Halo, the gun oh, yeah. sounds. Yeah, yeah. And then when you hear a needle of fire, you're like, yeah, that's a needle. Somebody's firing a needler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that I've been loving that aspect of it, but every once in a while, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I think the action is really well handled for the most yeah. part. I, I have some quibbles and we'll get to that when we get out of this section. But the big problem is that there's not a lot of it. It's, yeah. it's like the first episode and the most. Two. Yeah, the yeah. first episode and the most recent episode have been the only real action scenes. Um, yeah. And it's probably no coincidence that those are my two favorite episodes. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah. And like, you know, I fell asleep during episode three. <laughs> I think episode three and four is the weakest. Before we get into the nitty gritty of it, though, I want to talk about some of the reactions to this show first, like especially how some of the media outlets are baiting people into a frenzy. Yes. Um, did you see? Yeah. Did you see that quote going around, like about the director being like, "Oh, we don't feel tied down by the game. Like we don't feel limited by it being a video game." Yeah. And it's being yeah, it's being taken completely out of context. Yeah, and, and there are people out there now who think they never even played the games or paid any attention whatsoever to the story. That's not what they said. No. <laughs> they took out that quote and put it in like one of those uh, the, the picture formats in the middle of the articles and yeah. they referenced it in the title. But if you actually read that article, that quote came from like him describing how they did like a, a week boot camp right, yeah. with 343 <laughs> on the video game. Like if you really look at it, he means like, He's actually saying positive things about Halo. He doesn't think the story should be bad because it's based on a game. That's what he's saying. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, look, 
I'm not saying the guy did a good job, but I'm just saying the idea that they completely ignoring the game is not true. Right? And if you watch the show with an open mind, you can tell. Like people who didn't study the game, people who didn't actually play the game or don't care about Halo as a property, would not do all these fan servicey things like all the designs being the same, all the sounds being the same, right? Yeah. And what he's saying is right because the story of the Halo games itself only serve you to take you from one location where you get to shoot people to the next location where you get to shoot people. (laughs) In the first Halo game, it was a lot of locations that looked identical, you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You can't just turn that into a TV show. That would be very boring, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, as much as we are enjoying the action scenes right now, if it is just 45 minutes of that one after another, it will get boring very quickly. Yeah, just go play the game instead, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it goes to something that we've talked about a lot on this uh, podcast. And it's, it's when you adapt a property from one medium to another, you have to make a lot of changes. Yeah. And just doing that does not mean it's bad. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, if the if if the story requires you to do something a little bit different, then you should do that. You shouldn't be beholden to canon. That yeah. said, you can also make changes that don't serve the story in any meaningful way and just seem yeah. weird and bizarre and don't flow with the 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 heart of the story. And that's a bad yes. adaptation. And yes. there's some of that in this show for sure. Oh, there's a lot of that in the show. <laughs> but the, the conversation has been taken a turn to imply the showrunners hate video games and they don't like the Halo video games. And that's why it's bad. I'm like, no, that's obviously some, not true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In some aspect, it might be bad because they're trying to stay a little bit too beholden to the game. In a lot of aspects, though, they are changing stuff that are are dumber. (laughs) Like, I feel like uh, we'll get to that. But yeah, I just wanted to get that out of the way. Like, when we say negative things, we're not saying the showrunners are doing a bad job because they don't understand the game. If they remain more faithful to the game, the show will actually probably be worse. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right. So where do you want to start with? Well, I also wanted to talk a bit about the dialogue um, (laughs) because throughout the entire show, this dialogue has been so ham fisted. So just every line is like deliberate exposition and it's painfully bad and painfully cliche. Like the entire show opens with a bunch of people sitting around a table talking about, have you ever seen a Spartan? And it's so just, oh god it's so cliche um and then like immediately after that the kids go out and they they, like break out of the city and they're gonna like go take some drugs out in the field and like the main character what's her name uh kwan kwan she she grabs a plant and she says heavy hydrogen it powers our ships and our drugs as if we needed to know that like as if that's really important information (laughs) a it doesn't make any sense b it's not (laughs) important information and c it's just dumb (laughs) God damn it. She, she just made fertilizer. That's, yeah. what she made. <laughs> That's how it works in every planet. <laughs> you could take that line out entirely and it, the, the scene wouldn't make any less sense. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need that line. Yeah. And you accidentally and very tellingly referred to Quan as the main character there. And that's one of the major problems with this show. We'll get to that later. In this episode, in in, in episode (laughs) one, Quan is the main character. I mean, she's the protagonist of the first episode. (laughs) Uh, But that, have you ever faced a Sparta conversation? It worked on me. It worked on me. 
I don't know what to tell you, man. I know it's not good, but I'm like, yeah. That set me off on the wrong foot. Like, really, I was like, this is the kind of show this is going to be. Oh, no. There's another line you listed that you hate that we might disagree on. It's in the last episode. It's just too cute. It's it's just too cute. It, the line is, okay, they're in the middle of a battle, yep. and Cortana's trying to tell Master Chief what to do, and he says, I know how this game is played. <laughs> you know, it's it's even cuter than you think. Because what Cortana said was Master Chief was reloading. And Cortana said, I recommend you switch to secondary weapons. Right, and yeah. Master Chief shouts, uh, I know how the game is played. <laughs> and it's a game reference because it's switching to secondary is quicker than reloading in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all true. <laughs> I thought that was cute. I thought that was funny. <laughs> More power to you. I thought it was dumb. <laughs> Oh no, I agree it's dumb. I, I'm allowed to like dumb things. I like Fast and Furious. <laughs> oh yeah, and fair enough, fair enough. I like plenty of dumb things. <laughs> but but that one made right, me Fast. roll my eye all the way into the back of my head, you know? <laughs> uh, to be fair, that last 10, 15 minutes of the fifth episode is just fan service. Oh, for sure. There's lots of that. And that's yeah. fine. I like fan service. I don't have a problem with fan service for fan service <laughs> sake. But I also like, I think another problem in addition to the dialogue is the acting. And I don't think it's really the actor's fault. I think it's more the director's fault because uh, they're just the way they've been framed and the way they've uh, basically been told to act. It's yeah. very stilted. It's very yeah. one dimensional. Um, yeah. And it, it feels like a soap opera almost. Um Yeah. But also, I mean, and not all of these actors have been in live action projects before. A lot of these are actually video game voice actors. And to be fair, some of them are actually the best actors in the show. Like the the woman who plays uh, Halsey. Uh, no, not Halsey. Uh, Kai, the the other Spartan. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. She she was a voice actress. She's never really done any live action before. And I actually think she's probably the best actress. On I think the she's pretty show. good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think again, like I said, I think that's the direction and the yeah. writing doesn't really do service to the actors. Yeah. What do you what do you think about Chief's actor? Master Chief? Master Chief, yeah. Um, I actually don't mind him all that much. I, I I like his look. He really looks like a Marine. Yeah. And I like that. Uh he looks like I would imagine Master Chief to look like. And I, I think his acting's fine. It's nothing yeah. special, but it it's not it doesn't take me out of it. I think there's some really good moments, but there are some moments in which he's a bit right. Like with Master Chief is hard because he is supposed to be like it's stilted, right? Like he's supposed to be like emotionally stunted. He's yeah, so. supposed to be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. Let's talk about Master Chief. Okay, yeah, let's talk about Master Chief, and let's 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 rip the band aid off and just talk about the big thing, the helmet. Yeah, like they ripped it off immediately. They ripped it off like immediately one. in the first episode, and like I'm not averse to this. I, no, I think it's fine to take off yeah. the helmet. I'm not tied to he has to wear the helmet at all times because there's not really a reason for it. Even in the video game storyline, aside from you're trying to connect with the character and it's a lot easier if it's faceless. Yeah. Yeah. But for most of the game, you're like in the alien hostile environment. It makes sense. So him to keep his helmet on. But right. yeah, that's true. But like, I don't know. He, he keeps it off a lot. Like, yeah. 90% of the show he's, he's not he doesn't yeah. have the helmet on and I can see that's a little much <laughs> I think he should be wearing the yeah. helmet a little more than he is but the fact that he takes it off doesn't bother me um I think it's fine and and the fact that they do it in the first episode just to get it out of the way I think was a smart move um yeah 
because if they if they saved it for later in the series it might be a little trickier and a little bit harder to pull off and also it helps you connect more with the character i mean it is true you don't need to see somebody's face to connect with the character like the mandalorian and dread have proved that but i think here you kind of need to connect to him a little more because he is kind of a robotic character uh, or at least he's supposed to be (laughs) And, and to like the Mandalorian and Dread has been brought up very commonly in conversation in comparison about this from people who hate the fact that he took off his helmet. But I want to emphasize the fact that in Mandalorian and um, Dread, they're almost not really the main character. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In Dread, he's definitely not the main character, right? He's yeah, like it's what's-her-name, uh, the, the, yeah. the new recruit. I can't remember her the name. The new recruit is the, the face of it. And Mandalorian is a little more like vignettes, you know? Yeah, true. Like, uh, uh, the Mandalorian is kind of like the silent, stoic samurai who stroll into um, the town and solve problems. In fact, the show suffer more when they try to do more over storylines. Right. So it makes sense for them to do the helmet on thing most of the time. I think, and let's face it, we're all watching that show for Baby Yoda anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> as as soon as they decided to make Pasadena one of the main characters, I think the decision to make him take off his helmet was a good one. Yeah, and I agree. Uh, the The decision I think that was really disastrously wrong was trying to squeeze in his entire dynamic character arc into the first, like, 20 minutes of the show yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. The whole, it took two seasons to get the mandalorian to to break from his like programming and to take his yeah. helmet off and to sacrifice things for you know, baby yoda yeah. but here they try to do that right away yep with the character of kwan who is yep. no baby Yoda. Nope. <laughs> um, and, and, and with this really contrived uh, artifact that does whatever the plot requires. And that's frustrating and bad. And you don't connect to Master Chief through his actions. You connect to him because the plot tells you to. And I, I, don't, I think that's terrible writing. And it, it makes it a lot harder to move forward in the show because you're already dealing with a character who's gone through this massive change and now you're just seeing him try to like find his footing and that's not that doesn't make for a good protagonist i think it could have worked if episodes that follows are as bad as they are like when i watched episode one i was like oh they're really speeding through this character development right like i'm right. like they're doing it really fast and i was thinking oh that means like chief is gonna go rogue uh, which he does at the, by, in the, at the end, end of the episode first episode one. yeah uh and i'm like oh okay for the rest of the season like chief will be rogue will deal with the covenant and um chief will come back to reach when the fall reach is about to happen right that's what i was thinking i like they're just going to speed through the, the the development and they're just going to go straight into the central conflict but no to immediately restore the status quo, they, they just use Quan as a plot device to give this emotional development and then leave Quan somewhere else. The Chief just came back. It didn't even last a full episode. And then the rest of the... And there were no real consequences for his behavior. No. Like, aside and, from like getting Cortana. <laughs> yeah. And the rest of the thing has been really slow. So if it hasn't been slow like this, that, and if he only came back during like massive covenant attack and the UNSC have no choice but to accept the big biggest military asset back the show would have been a lot better like I and think it would have made after, more sense yeah right 
I think after episode one, it could have been recoverable if they just keep going at that breakneck pace that episode one did. But the other episodes didn't. And I think that really suffered. And in fact, the other episodes kind of tried to retread the same character development again, a lot slower in a yeah. very boring way. In a very boring way. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, I also feel like this show kind of missed the point of, yeah. of Master Chief's character change in the games. Um, yes. because I feel like that's driven more by Cortana and he doesn't get Cortana until after he's gone through the change, which is backwards. Yes. Cause I feel like in the games it's Cortana that actually yes. manages to bring out his humanity over, over a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's supposed to be ironic. Like the human being humanized by the AI. Exactly. That's, that's, that's <laughs> the whole central character dynamic there. And that's really yeah. interesting and unique. Yeah. Instead we get a retread of the Mandalorian in 20 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, in like a, a worse way. Uh, and I think the fact that they changed that uh, is because they are changing how they introduce Cortana. And I think that's really bad. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, they are like building up to Cortana and Chief having a true partner relationship slowly, right? Yeah. Uh, but and that, that in and of itself is not a bad idea. But the way they introduce her later... And I, I have, yeah, we'll get to that when we talk more about Cartana. Well, um, let's talk about Cartana. <laughs> okay, let's talk. About, well, there's one more thing I wanted to say about Master Chief and his character change. Again, they're trying to change him from the outside instead of from the inside. Like, yeah. it's the artifact that has, you know, deprogrammed him a little. He can take out his emotion ship or inhibitor pellet or whatever they call it. Um, and that's going to change his character. He's having these memories now and that's changing his character. And that's that's the plot dictating what the character does not the character dictating what the plot should do um and that's in my opinion that's a hallmark of really bad writing yeah and i can't remember the specific timeline in the games in the law of the games but at some point chief already knows what happened right like chiefs already know the secrets of the sparta program and all the terrible things they do but uh the what made chief chief is he's like ah shit but I have like I have to keep fighting, right? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm sure that's where they're leading towards, right? But they're executing that in a very bad way, especially when she tried to do a flying punch on Halsey. <laughs> I really hated that moment. Like, yeah, that's, that's really so on art because like the whole point with Chief is he should hate Halsey for everything she has done to him, but. He just can't because she's the only parent figure he remembers. <laughs> right. It just it and, seems so out of character for him to just, you know, try to Superman punch her. It's That's yeah. not the character we've been building up for yeah. the last five episodes, you know? And that was a plot necessity. Like, they did that because yeah. they needed some reason for Cortana to have to shut him down so that he would yeah. learn that Cortana can shut him down. Yeah. Yeah, I really hated that part. I feel like there's a million different ways they could have done that and done it better. Yeah, yeah. And I know uh, whether or not Chief can trust Cortana is uh, some of the dynamics in the game. Yeah. Uh, especially later when she starts to go. When she starts it. to glitch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this is not being earned. And like, I just like, I like Cortana a lot better uh, in the game and in the show in the moment where she's being sassy. Chief. Yeah. Like, that's the fun Cortana bit. I think we get some of it in the in the episode five where Chief tells how to shut up. It's like I can't hear myself think, well, I can, you're not missing out on that. <laughs> that was a good line. I will give you that. Yeah. I do think if they developed that dynamic between Cortana and Master Chief more and yeah. 
I think that could work because yeah. I do think Cortana's not bad. Cortana itself is not bad. Hard interaction with Chief right now is bad. Yeah, it's not right yet, but I, I feel yeah. like they could, with just a few tweaks, get there. And also, please make Cortana left terrified. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe I feel like every time she smiles, I feel like her teeth are too white as well. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's not enough contrast between her teeth and her skin. I don't know. She freaks me out. <laughs> the whole effect of her looks really bad. <laughs> like, I just. <laughs> There's no defending it, in my opinion. It, I mean, I think she looks better in some of the games, honestly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's not even, like, bad effect. It's, like, bad art decision. Yeah, it's bad, bad design. Bad choices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit more about Cortana. For me, that's the thing I care about the most, and that's the part I care about the most, about the show fucking it up. The about Chief Cortana relationship is or to what I like about the actual story from the game. I like the lore from the books, but the actual story from the game, I just like the dynamic between them. And the dynamic between them is supposed to be, like, he has a very twisted relationship with Halsey, like I said, because, like, she always cared for him and showed him affection, but also at the same time, she is the architect of all the misery that right. he's gone through, right? Right. And with Cortana, it's also like that, a bit of an Oedipus complex, Oedipus is, complex built in, yeah. Yeah, it, is built into it because she is like Halsey's young mind, but she's like, they also, like the AI and a robot cyborg man, right? Like, yeah, not, the relationship is not sexual, but like there is like a kind of like a romantic emotional link happening as the story progresses, And that's supposed to be messed up and it's especially have a lot of payoff when Cortana started to go rampant and she stopped following any of his programming and directions and just Cortana become his main objective. Right. Uh, and we're not going to get there the way the show is developing it. Like, <laughs> No, because their develop- relationship is still really hostile towards each other. Um, yeah, and really combative. They suppose, yeah, they're going to have to do a lot of work for them to make sense together. And I really, really dislike the fact that a lot of the character development chief is supposed to have with Cortana has been given to Quan. Speaking of who, let's talk about Quan and how much we hate her. Oh, God. <laughs> Fucking Quan. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was actually really glad when we got to the end of uh, episode two and he was basically just ditching her on the rubble. <laughs> and I was like, oh, good, good. Quan's out of the story. We're never going to have to deal with her again. It's over. Hooray. Mm-hmm. And then in episode three, we're still following her for some reason. And then episode four she's still in this show for some reason and yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah. oh, and i hate her i hate everything about her i hate what she does i hate how she thinks i i hate what she says i i hate her sudden dramatic character 180 over uh master chief like she goes from hating him for killing her mother to all of a sudden, oh, you saved my life. I love you. I want to be with you forever. What? <laughs> Just like, don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I think she forgives Chief very quickly. But I think by the time she tells him about killing her mother, I think she's already forgiven. Like, the way she tells that story is like, you know, but in that she... moment, I think she already decided, not, not necessarily forgive, but decided that no, he the... is from trying to save her. In the writing, it happens at a very specific moment. Yeah. And it's very heavy-handed. It's when she's like pointing very the gun at him and he takes yeah. the helmet off. Um, which is also so anvilicious. It's just uh god, I hate it. I do want to preface all the hate we're about to spew on Quan, though. There is a narrative happening that oh Quan sucks. 
because she's a token character, you know, oh token, you know, minority character, the woke agenda instead of the big character. <laughs> no, it's just bad writing. No, it's um, just she's a terrible character. It has nothing to do with yeah. her age or race or anything. It's just yeah, in a sucks. show that has middling to bad writing, there are multiple bad characters, one of which happens to be happens to be Quan, and she happens to be one of the characters that made full say for the show. Those are all true facts. But it is stupid and uh, very indicative of the internalized racism to expect minority characters to be good or they are labeled as being bad because they are minority characters. The demand for exceptionalism in fictional form, you know? like Yeah, totally. There can be plenty of badly written uh, white characters, cis characters, but if a uh, LGBTQ character or a minority character is bad, then the labels become it's because they're trying to be woke they do not like no that's not fair like sometimes they just write it bad you know sometimes <laughs> a bad character is just a bad character yeah and yeah exactly i also question the necessity for kwan like before the show yeah. came out and i knew that, that there was going to be this character i thought okay they're using this character as an audience surrogate because master chief is kind of an emotionless robot in the beginning yeah um but then they do away with the emotionless yeah. robot thing right away and yeah so the need for there to be a Quan-like character is gone. Like, yeah. she's not necessary. And her plot is not interesting. No, and it's like, boring as shit. <laughs> she's no longer the audience surrogate because she's not in the plot line where strange things are happening where the audience need a surrogate. She's just doing something else. Very boring, revolution, like, stereotypical, like, revolution things in Madrigal. Yeah, against the space about. Nazi visioner, yeah, who's just <laughs> yeah. so cliche. Like, I love the actor who plays him, but they dressed him yeah. up in a Gestapo uniform and everything. Yeah. He's just so cliche. I uh, think the actor who played him is a Loki great character actor. And yeah, every time him. he shows up uh and sees tunery, he's great. But uh he's done he's given nothing to work with except like execute people yeah. and be evil. Shoot people. That's it. That's your job. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand why we're following Madrigal um, that much. The fact that we're following Madrigal that much makes me wonder if they're going to not do Fall of Reach, if they're going to sidestep it and change it to Fall of Madrigal instead, which would be Maybe. bad. That would be It'd terrible, be but you yeah. might be right. <laughs> <laughs> because like they're they're spending so much time on things that don't seem relevant, like especially Madrigal. Madrigal is like the prime example. Like, yeah. Sure, you could understand why it's there in the first episode. You get, you've got the the keystone there, um, yeah. and you've got Master Chief there. So, like, it yeah. makes sense to start off there. But why are we but going back there? Yeah. Why do we care anymore? Like, why are we still yeah. there? Uh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Soren and the rubble is interesting. Develop the storyline there. I don't understand why Madrigal come back into the play at all. I and, would be a lot more forgiving of Quan as a character if we never left the rubble. Like, we're actually yes. dealing with the rubble and. And the character of Soren doesn't go through that weird change where he, because she pinky swore that she has a whole shitload of money and she'll pay him, he decides to take her to Madrigal. I don't think that's a character choice that makes a lot of sense. And it makes the character of Soren way less interesting. He was so much more interesting when he was there with his family and his weird wife and his weird kid. Yeah. Um, I, I loved all that. I, I, if, if they yeah. had stayed there, I think yeah. it could have been more... And, and you could have dealt with Quan just trying to cope with the loss of her planet and everything. Yeah. I think that could have worked. It, I still, yeah. it still wouldn't have been necessary, and I still would be questioning why we're doing it. But at least I would have liked it more. Yeah, and if 
what they're trying to develop is the questionableness of the UNSC, then the rubble is a much better place to develop that dynamic oh, rather sure. than madrigal. And I would have cared a lot more if the rubble get attacked. Yeah, you can have so much more dramatic tension about like the the threat of the UNSC going after the rubble. Um, yeah. Like if they find out about the rubble, then you know we things that we care about and are find interesting could be at risk. Whereas yeah. Madrigal is being run by a space Nazi. Who cares? And um, the thing about Juan that makes me is like the show knows that she's making bad decisions and she's kind of annoying, right? Yeah. And I point to the fact that in episode five, like she angrily threw away her water bottle and then realized what she's done. And then she threw a little tantrum. Like the show wrote that in because like to show to us that ah, she's not in her state of mind. She's making bad decisions. A kid, she's throwing tantrums, right? Right. So I'm wondering where the disconnect, uh, does the show think we, the audience, would feel pity for her? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, because they know she's annoyed. <laughs> right? They know really? she's making bad decisions. So what what do they want from that? Because I I can't even guess where they adding where they going with Quan. Are they gonna kill her off in a like a oh, kind please. of like a catharsis way, <laughs> or are they going to somehow try to redeem her, make her become a main player in the fight against the Covenant? Because she doesn't care about the Covenant at all. She's very tunnel vision for somebody who just realized aliens exist and those aliens want human beings dead. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why is she more mad at the Covenant than Vishnu? Fair point. Yeah. Also, there's they they're doing some sort of desert vision thing. Uh, so that's where she's ended. She's gonna end up, right? Oh yeah. Because she currently lost in the desert, and her aunt hinted something about her father getting some sort of divine vision from desert shaman. So she's gonna get tied <sighs> in. Yeah. Our listeners can't see me throwing up. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, just if they somehow manage to re- redeem her power to them, but I don't uh, care. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and she's made Soren less interesting. Like the fact that Soren abandoned her to go get a new ride and like cha- uh, handcuffed her to the motorcycle. Yeah. And, and then just fucked And the off, fact that like, she pulled a gun on him at the, in episode five. Yeah. She, she considered killing him. Yeah. The guy who's done nothing but help her. Help her, right. I don't, like, that's why I said, like, I don't understand what they doing with the character uh you want to talk about soren let's talk about soren because i feel like soren had the potential to be a really good character and i feel like he's being wasted at the moment i really liked his introduction and like you see the younger version of him before you see the adult version of him and going back and watching it a second time i really appreciate the young actor who plays him as a young guy he really nails it i mean he sounds and has the mannerisms of this actor whose name I, I think is Kareem Woodbine or something like that. Uh, he's like a, he looks like a discount Dave Chappelle, but he's in a lot of really good things and he's a good actor. Um, <laughs> well, better Dave Chappelle, but depending on what you think of Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Not here to talk politics. <laughs> but but the actor he's been in, uh, uh, see, Spider-Man, Homecoming, he was the shocker or the second shocker. Um, yeah. Next to discount Tom Hardy. Um, <laughs> um, and, and, and yeah, aside from the acting, which I think for both of them is really good. I like both actors, the young and the yeah. old actor. He's a character who got out of the Spartan program before all of the programming really kicked in. He escaped. He got away. 
he has a grudge against master chief but not like a full-on grudge he's just kind of mad at him for only giving him five minutes but he still managed yeah. to get away he's yeah. got a, his arm is all ruined so he's got like a physical reminder of what he's been through and he's got this wackadoo life on the the rubble with this crazy yeah. woman for a wife and a kid yeah. and i just i feel like his character could be really really interesting and i want to know more about him but right now he's just a gruff guy wandering around the desert with this annoying girl because of some promise of money that he's never going to get it's just <laughs> dumb <laughs> i feel like yeah and whatever money she can conjure up for him like he pretty much is running the rubble so i, I don't yeah why does he even need money he looked like he yeah. was living it up man <laughs> yeah so soren is a minor character in the original uh video game lore oh this is an actual from- character from the lore i didn't yeah. know that yeah, she, he's from the comics. Some of his backstory is the same, except Master Chief isn't heavily involved. In the comics, he's actually a Barton reject. Uh, oh, the okay. the, uh, the enhancement didn't take with him. As a result, he becomes physically deformed, which is the same in here. Like right. his, arm, his arm was already fucked up before he ran, so he didn't get injured during the run. Like They, they include the rejection of the gene thing. Okay. Uh, uh, gene therapy because, like, it, right before he runs away, he shows his arm and it's already messed up. Right. But in the book, it's to a point where the rejection means that he's not really, even really a true Spartan. Like, he can't repeat, he can't wear the Monia armor, for example. And he become more and more disillusioned with the UNSC that he starts helping the uh, rebels until he one day, like, full on go traitor to help the rebels. That's his right. arc in the, the original law. So they took a lot of it and restructured it. Here, obviously, he was a Spartan. You can see that he's still bigger than normal humans, but he stopped the hormone tree- tumor pretty early, so he's still smaller than Chief. And in the yeah, but he show, still looks he, like the kind of guy you don't want to fuck with. Like right, yeah. and he can still wear Molnir armor. Like, right in the comics, he got a death job because he was a Spartan reject. Okay, uh, which doesn't make like. I, I think they should have just killed him because they're very smart in the world the top secret illegal world. <laughs> that anyway. would be fitting. Yeah, more in keeping with the milieu of the Spartan program. Yeah. But yeah, like, uh, so they, they took the basic uh, background of it and uh, uh, developed him a lot more. I'd be really interested to know if he tried to go home and like found the clone to version of himself. That'd be interesting. To like, reach. he got. I mean, wherever he was from, like originally oh, before he okay. was kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. If he tried to go back to his family and only to discover that he'd been replaced by a defective clone, you know, um, whether or not that clone yeah. would still be alive, I don't know. But I think that could be like an interesting story. But of course, the show's not going to care because no, that would be but, too good. I, but they do hint that he started slowly remembering. Yeah, they, um, they, he does mention that he's got his memories back, that he's, yeah. he says over time they do start to come back. Um, yeah. Well, he said he killed his dad, so maybe he doesn't have a home right. to go back to. That's that's a good point. You're right. I forgot about that. Maybe he came from like a broken family where he, he murdered his own dad. Halsey knew how to recruit them, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Halsey, let's talk about her. What, what are your thoughts on Halsey? Like, I don't hate the actress's performance, and I don't really hate the characterization of her. I, I think it's, it's pretty good. It's not great. She's still pretty cliche. Um, <laughs> But I don't think she's terrible. Like, I hate her, but I don't hate her enough. Like, 
for for the story, I should. Oh, so really, as in like you don't you don't hate her as a character, like you like, don't, you, like don't, you, yeah. think, you don't think she's evil enough. She should be more evil. Like I should hate yeah. her a lot more. I should have well, been you know cheering Master Chief on when he tries to super punch her. Um, but you don't get that. Like, yeah. See, I I like how Halsey is like this because I like how Halsey being conflicted. Like I like how I like having a conflicted emotional response to Halsey. Uh, uh, but at the same time, you're right. If they're gonna make Master Chief fly punch, <laughs> then she has to be more evil. But I much rather if Master Chief doesn't try and fly punch. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but just when like you start to get that sense that she's a lot more evil than she seems, and she already seems pretty shady. Yeah. Then they, they try to give her this like miniature redemption where she risks her life to save her daughter, the same daughter she's been emotionally distant to the entire time. Um, I don't get that. I don't get that that narrative choice. Um, oh, I like that. I, I, to me, it makes her feel like she's not like it makes her feel more complex in that uh, she just have a hierarchy of love <laughs> and she loves her daughter. Is she just not at the top of the pyramid of the uh, <laughs> uh, hierarchy of love, right? Yeah, like, she's not a priority like the Spartans are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I think, you know, if she has to do the, the trolley problem with Master Chief tied to one track and Miranda tied to another, she would push the layer lever towards Miranda every time, right? Uh, yeah. For but sure. I think she'd be sad after. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I. I, like I said, I don't I don't hate her as like as she's written. I think it's fine. I just she doesn't do a lot for me. I don't think she's all that interesting. Um, OK, but she's not terrible. There are other characters around who are way worse. So yeah. it's OK. I'm actually liking Halsey a lot. I, she, I think she's so far my favorite part of the show. But that's because I just like those questionably evil characters. Whatever she <laughs> whatever she pull one over or uh Paragonsky, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Paragonsky's just stupid. <laughs> She's just an idiot. <laughs> this is the the admiral uh, who yeah. who is who basically been funding Halsey the whole time, and is somehow surprised when uh, Halsey, you know, gets one over on her and basically blackmails her in front of the whole committee. And then later she's like, you better not betray me. She's already betrayed you, woman. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the, the mysteries around the Spartan program is a lot more easy to ignore the discrepancies in a video game law. It's a lot harder in a TV show because they know Master Chief is John 116. Right? right, they know like people might not know what Master Chief look like. They know the Spartans exist. They they know they they genetically engineered, and they even they even said they use Master Chief as like the face of like he's also like a propaganda piece as well as the bad right? right. What is the cover story they're using for these assets? Do people not wonder where these guys come from? Uh, has nobody connected that a bunch of children mysteriously? Because sick and died uh, around the time, like these the, these super soldier would have been kids. <laughs> well, all around know, the colony, <laughs> the galaxy's a big place. I don't know. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. But if the Spartan project is public, I just think there should be there would be a lot more questions put towards the UNSD to explain what exactly the Spartans are. But I guess. There is no other powers to actually hold the feet 
hold their uh, hold their feet to the fire to actually make them answer questions. <laughs> well, you get the sense. I mean, you meet uh, Admiral what's his name. You meet him just once, and he Hood. basically what Hood Admiral Admiral, Admiral Hood. Hood. You only meet him the one time, but you get the sense that he is willing to give Halsey whatever leash. Yeah, he can and and not ask any questions because yeah. he knows that the stakes are so high that he needs somebody like Halsey to do yeah. the things that he would not be comfortable with if he knew the details. Um, yeah. And I get that. But at the same time, yeah. I feel like more eyes would be on Halsey than just this one idiotic admiral. Yes. But the thing is, the show isn't getting into the nitty gritty of the, the evilness of the Spider 2 program in that. It's not, it wasn't made because of the Covenant. Like, they're just doing evil Nazi science shit because they want to put down rebellions. <laughs> right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not getting into that. They're, they're, they're basically saying that the Covenant is the excuse for everything and that, yeah. that doesn't well, work. Well, they pay the... lip service to it. They pay lip service to it with that moment you hate about Quan talking about her mother being taken down. But you know what would have been better if Master Chief, after he takes off his emotional chip, he get dreams, nightmares, flashbacks to when he was on missions to quell human rebellions. Yeah, that if you see him actually regretting murdering people, yeah, that yeah. would be a character choice that would make sense. Yeah, instead of it being a conversation in a <laughs> in episode one. <laughs> yeah, and he he's not even like thinking about that anymore. He's more obsessed with his own childhood memories, and that's yeah. Yeah, the, the idea that he was made as a tool of fascism, but now he has no choice but to continue being that tool because now they actually do need him for survival of human race. Right. Like that's the dynamic Master Chief is supposed to have. And his taunt between feeling like a war criminal like, and feeling like the hero that uh, everybody look up to. And they do it a little bit like with the, with the way the Marines treat the Spartans, but it's not well done. No, it's very, it's very clumsily done, and it's not, it's not very compelling. So, you, um, you want to talk about the other Spartan? Um, I really like Kai, the other yeah. one uh, who takes out her emotion ship or pellet, whatever. Yeah, I think she's probably the most interesting character in the entire show. Even yeah. more interesting to me than Soren, and I really like her, and I want her to be happy and not be in this show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing this weird thing where they're trying to make it seem like Master Chief is in love with her, but oh, they're also trying they? to, I think so. Like it's, it's kind of hinted at a little bit in the very first episode before either one of them even has their like pellet taken out. But then later, like in this last episode, he like, you know, forgets all of his programming just to go save her. Well, to be fair, they, he already had the chip out, right? Yeah. At that point he does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're not going that way. Maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But if that's the direction they're going with it, that's stupid. And it really like takes away a lot of his dynamic with Cortana. And Master Chief's not the kind of person who's going to like fall in love with another character. And it looks also like Kai's more interested in Miranda Keys, which is fine. I think that relationship would be more interesting. Yeah, I think that Miranda Keys having to deal with the fact that she knows that the Spartans are result of monstrous things. And she right. She clearly disapproved of what Halsey did, but at the same time, she realized as Kai developed a natural human personality, she's also been treating them like tools just because right. they've been made like tools. <laughs> and I think that's a really interesting dynamic. Yeah. And and the fact that she 
against her own feelings she's actually growing to really like like and i i really dig that i think that's a really interesting dynamic and a really interesting like psychological character thing for miranda keys i'd much rather get a lot more of that than anything with juan and metrical exactly yeah let's let's develop that and then just forget about juan just take her out of the show she's so unnecessary To me, it's really strange that they changed the main spot. So the fact that the reason that the um, the Halo TV show timeline is being called Silver Timeline, and it's being marketed and sold as, as, as that's what they're calling it, the Silver Timeline. Because it's Silver it's Team. Be- yeah. And in the uh, video games, it's the Blue Team. Right. And there are Spartan characters who are main characters of the Blue Team, like uh, part of Master Squad. It's change a little bit depending on the period but the big main players are like kelly linda and fred they only changed it so they can do whatever they want with these characters but kelly linda and fred is actually very well thoroughly developed in the uh, in the background in the books and i don't understand why they changed it this is one of the things that are like that are really weird for me because like with doing stuff with quan and stuff they could have just developed the other four characters because the, the blue team Spartans all get separated after the fall of Reach for a long time, and they all go on their little separate adventures that are told in the books. And that seems like a much better way to flesh out the world of Halo than introducing Quan and whatever she's doing at Madrigal. <laughs> and to be fair, Kai is essentially just a, like a amalgam of like Linda and I want to say Fred. Uh, don't call me on that. But like, uh, there is one of the Spartans who does dye her hair and all that. So I hate the fact that they changed the the, the main Spartans because I like the I like the blue team in the comic. Uh, in the, I um, think the names in the show are better though. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Kyle it's like Kai and Venick. I mean, they yeah. just sound more sci-fi. They don't sound like That's you know, true. That's Kelly and Fred and Linda, whatever. But if they if they try to hide the fact that they kidnapped kids, it makes sense that they gave them all generic things. I guess that's true. And the main character's <laughs> name is John. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure in the games, that's just a code name. Like they don't know what the original name is. Right. Are. But yeah, in, no, in yeah. the show, clearly his name is John. His name was John even as a kid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> By the way, that weird little orphanage where Miranda go to look at John, not, not orphanage, I think it might just be like a preschool for that um, colony with young John. Right. That scene is so stupid because they, she's like, oh, look at all these kids. They also have the frontier spirit. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then Jaws save a kid from nearly dying. And she, first of all, the adults did not do enough. And yeah, they just stood there and watched. Yeah. And second of all, she's like, oh, some of them have a lot. Some of them have maybe too much fun. I'm like, what? You make the weird jump rope like 10 feet up. What do you think was going to happen? The weird rope bridge that with a giant gap in the middle. It's like you're trying to kill them. <laughs> And this is pre-Spartan program. So it, yeah, this is not... just a weird colony. <laughs> a reach for life colony. Maybe the people in this galaxy is just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we talked on Miranda Keys a little bit. She's interesting when she's interacting with the Spartans. She's boring when she's like, I need to one-up mom. 
Yeah, and I know that this is from the the actual lore that like she's related to Halsey and all that, but yes, like, but she's not a scientist in the game. She's just a ship captain, right? She's just a ship captain who shows up later. Yeah. But I don't think her character is very compelling. And like you said, I think she's the most interesting when she's she's talking to the Spartans and dealing with the Spartans and yeah. dealing with her own shit. Um, and I I like it when she's trying to investigate the artifact on her own. I think that there's some interesting things there. But as soon as she's like doing anything with her dad or with Mar- or with uh, Halsey she just becomes trite and annoying and stupid and I don't like her anymore <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm feeling about her father as well like especially in the last episode they even lampshaded like he says one thing in the beginning of the episode and a few minutes later he come back and change his mind and uh, Miranda's like what what happened to you in the last couple of hours and I don't think it's uh... no. If they'd spent more time getting there and like really dealt with his internal struggle of duty versus family and all yeah. that, like if this had been better written, that could have really worked and could have been a really compelling character for Captain Keys. But this Captain Keys is a nothing character. He, I mean, the yeah. plot wants you to think he's interesting, but he's not. Yeah. Um, okay. So looking at the notes, the things we're going to talk about next, I'm going to start talking about how the law is in the game pretty heavily. Some of them might be answers to some of the mysteries that are being set up in this show. And just a general warning. So if you don't want to know how it is in the game, in case it hints at what they will reveal in this show, you can punch out now. But honestly, this show isn't really developing the mysteries well enough that I don't think it's going to be a surprise and the point of halo has never been the mysteries anyway it's it's, <laughs> it's just the adventures of master chief and his ai girlfriend <laughs> yeah and basically they've already like completely ruined the plot twist from the original halo game i mean in the second episode some crazy guy just gave it away it's like yeah the the ring is gonna kill us all yes well thanks <laughs> for that that's <laughs> we're nowhere near that reveal but okay <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I just have to talk about it because in regard to the changes they made. But so let's get let's get into this thing with Marky and all the plot magic. Oh dear. <laughs> so the idea of Marky, if they executed differently, I would have liked it. Like the fact that the Covenant have a pet human, I think that's a good idea. The fact that she's a chosen one, that's a bad idea. Yeah, and the fact that she's got like some mystical tie to Master Chief is dumb, and that she can sense the magic artifacts just with magic powers, I don't know, is dumb. And and she seems to have like a position of authority, like she basically talks down to an elite at one point. Yeah, Um, yeah, she's she's pretty much second in command to the uh, the hierarchs. Right, and that seems really weird to me that she would be in that kind of a position of authority as a pet human, like you put it. Um, yeah. And and the fact that she's basically executing this whole mission that she's on right now, like she's behind everything. Like she's the one who's enacting this mission to get to the, the keystone and everything. And she's not under the direction of anybody. She's doing this because this yeah. is what, I don't I, I just, I don't like that she's in a position of authority. She should just be a pet being done, doing what she's being told and not yeah. being in charge of anything. And I don't know if the show can decide whether or not her loyalty is supposed to be questionable. Because that's true. She's still yeah. very hardline covenant. It's not questionable at all. But the book she's reading. Yeah, she keeps having also, the book, right? Yes. Yeah. And the book she's reading is actually parallel our story. Like it is about like a girl being used by the enemy 
against her own people. So that's very heavy-handed. If she is actually emotionally attached to her book, it should hint a lot more towards the fact that she's going to betray the covenant. But right now, she's very hardline covenant. In fact, she's probably more of a believer than a lot of the covenant. <laughs> <laughs> but I might as well say this front-loaded now. The reason it sucks is this is the biggest change that I hate. In the games, a lot of humanity can activate the forerunner hunt. Yeah. It's not a chosen one thing, it's a human thing. Humans are the chosen race. Not everyone can do it, but majority of them will do it. Like it's it's like a gene, but it's not like a special chosen one thing. Right. So the, the covenant is trying to hide that fact that only uh, the, the covenant, none of the covenant race can activate those artifacts. Only humans can. The covenant is trying to hide that fact. And to me, that would make sense if they had a pet human for that purpose, you know? And they making up a story about her being a chosen. Uh, but in the story, that's not the case. Clearly, she and Master Chiefs are some sort of super special chosen ones. Right, which <laughs> is such an annoying trope, and I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> It's a completely stupid change that does a lot of disservice to the story. Yeah, I agree. And um, it kind of does away with one of the aspects of the Covenant that uh i think is really interesting that that they actually treat humanity like and and interacting with humanity on any level as as heretical um yeah. well the the reason that is because they try to run like the covenant is a religion as much as an army they try to run a tie ship and they try to make sure their member race uh, by the way the reason the covenant is made out of many different races of alien is because they're taking over each alien they conquer and adding them to their religion and their empire right right and they try to to limit the interactions that other races have with humanity yeah to completely hide the fact that again a uh, lord spoilers they worship the forerunners forerunner technology turned out to be left for humans not right. the covenant right and so humanity is very dangerous to their religion yeah uh, um, and that is being ruined that dynamic is being ruined when they bring in chosen ones <laughs> yeah and especially when they have one that's in a big position of authority that's able to like order people around within the covenant like yes if you've got a human who's in charge of you who's like running this yeah. mission that you're on why would you treat humans as you know being heretical why why would yeah. you try to avoid them i mean it just it seems well, really weird that's true but to be fair like that sort of mental gymnastics is inherent to a lot of religion sure when you're talking about religion <laughs> and politics yeah you can kind of hand wave a lot of stuff away <laughs> with that <Yeah. laughs> maybe they make more sense that they like she's the chosen one right like right, maybe yeah. the chosen one standard is to keep making that uh propaganda real but in the games uh, and it's already hinted at in the show, so this is not a spoiler. Those waystones just lead to the halo. Like, it's, it's leading them to the where they will discover the first halo. Right, Which yeah. I'm now starting to suspect might be a bedrugal. <laughs> like, oh, are they going to do, like, it's underneath bedrugal or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm only annoyed because it's possible. <laughs> And like you said, they already did the big reveal about the halo because the covenant treated it as a giant object of religious fervor that will lead them to the ascension. And we later figure out that it's actually a supermassive weapon that is designed to wipe out life. 
right. as as a weapon against an enemy we haven't met yet, a zombie-like high mind creatures called the Flood. Right. <laughs> and that the Great Journey is basically just mass extinction. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And which is a fact that the High Rocks know, but the true believers don't really know. They think it's some sort of ascension instead of dying. <laughs> But, you know, uh, some random crazy guy who was in, who just happened to be kidnapped by the Covenant for a while and survived, he knows this. So a lot of people in the Covenant must also know this. You know what's really extra annoying about that character? They gave him the name of a traitor grunt in the Halo. Oh, weird. So a much, much more interesting character who is like a grunt that has escaped from the Covenant. And when they said the name at the jail, I thought the reveal was going to be when the Master Chief and all of them go there. They meet the little grunt who's like, he's a heretic to the covenant religion and no longer believes in it and reveal. Can you imagine? How that would have been awesome. Would be? Yeah, that would yeah, have been, that awesome. been great. Why so didn't they do that? Head, leading up to that scene, it was so much better in my head and it's just some crazy guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, because they, we haven't had much about the covenant actual power structure and the way the society is built at all. Like, if that scene was them talking to a little grunt, that would have been a lot better world building. For sure. Give us a lot yeah. more information. And it makes the Covenant a lot more interesting as well. It would have also <laughs> been cool because up until that point in the show, we hadn't actually seen a grunt yet. Yeah. Like We didn't yeah. see a grunt until the most recent episode. Episode 5, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it was a grunt. It might have been a jackal, but it was definitely a Covenant. Either way, that mean, it wouldn't matter. Character. It'd yeah. still be cool. I, I would prefer yeah. a grunt because I think grunts are cute and funny, but grunt whatever. Funny. <laughs> yeah. it, it does annoy me that the grunts aren't funny yet in the show. Yeah, they haven't they haven't really had a chance yet. I'm I'm hoping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in the games, uh, for people who don't know, the grunts are just, they just have funny voices and like they like little kids with guns. They just running around and they are afraid of you. Like if you if you believe them or chase them down, they yell like that cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> I love them so much. <laughs> I almost felt the, bad for killing, killing grunts. Them. Are like getting to kill minions. It's super fun. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so you want to talk about uh, predictions and where it's going and how the law is being built, which is going to be very super spoilery. Uh, yeah, um, I guess my biggest hope for the rest of the season is that it stops sucking. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I want us to get away from Madrigal like entirely. I don't. I don't care how they do it. I just want to get out. I want them to make the fall of Reach happen by the end. I've given up hope that we're going to see the Halo, but I still feel like they could get to a point where they've got, you know, the, the Covenant have one half of the Keystone and the UNSC has the other and they've got it on Reach, so they, they go in and invade Reach. That would be fine. That would be cool. That would be great. I'd love to see it. But I feel like we're going to get a lot of nonsense before that happens and a lot of just pointless digressions with Master Chief and his relationship to Halsey and... And more about Captain Keys and Miranda Keys, shit that just doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I don't want any of that, but that's what we're gonna I'll get. Oh, Miranda Keys and uh, Kai. Yeah, if like if if Kai is like seriously seriously injured and has to be tended to, and for whatever reason Miranda Keys has to be the one to do it, that'd be great. Do that. No, I yeah. don't care what kind of weird plot gymnastics you have to go that Miranda Keys would be the one who'd know how to work on her. But let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the. What's probably going to happen is Kai probably is super injured and she's probably going to have to go under Halsey's control and Halsey's yeah. going to maybe put the inhibitor chip back in her or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then like yeah. her relationship with Miranda Keys is going to change and that's going to change 
how Miranda feels about Halsey, which is already being changed because Halsey just risked her life to save her. That's yeah. the kind of drama we're probably going to get. Um, but I, I, I don't think that's all that interesting. I want them to get separated. So Kai and uh, Miranda and ha- can have sister, half sister, adopted sister adventures together. <laughs> yeah, man. And and then like all, all the rest of the show just like goes away. And like the, <laughs> the, the, the last four episodes of the season is just Kai and Miranda. Sure. I'd watch that. I would, I would find that very entertaining. Um, but other hopes, I, I do hope that they accelerate the relationship between Cortana and Master Chief so that it's more, like you said, snarky and, and less... like loving, lovingly like ribbing each other. It's, yeah, exactly. A right lot less now, combative. Chief just hate Cortana. <laughs> right. And unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen because right now Master Chief's going to hate her even more for, yeah. for, you know, shutting him down. And that annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just, I hope uh... my hopes for the show are that it's going to do everything the opposite of what I predict the show is going to do. <laughs> <laughs> so no Halo in Madrigal? <laughs> no Halo in Madrigal, God, no. <laughs> but, but think about it, though. If the Halo is in Madrigal, and if Madrigal have to get destroyed for the Halo to take out, at least no more Madrigal. <laughs> that, that's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. <laughs> um, you know, when... Uh, Maki was back in Madrigal and Soren and Quan was there at the same time. I thought it was leading to them running into each other, but no, it, it, was, it didn't even do that. Yeah, I know. Like, why <laughs> would you put them both on the same planet if you're not going to have their stories intersect? Like, <sighs> God damn it. One thing, though, it could be potentially interesting seeing Maki and Maki interact if they do it well. I have no faith that they'll do it well. <laughs> because they they do have like kind of like parallel childhood, if you really think about it. Well, that, that's what yeah. they're setting up, right? That's obviously what they're setting yeah. up, yeah. Yeah, but are they going to do it interestingly? I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't hate so. Maki. I think as a character, she's, as, as the actor is fun. <laughs> I mean, we did see her naked. That was something. Um <laughs> 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 I, I do have a question. Are, are those like worm things in Halo? Like, are, are yes. those okay? Because, like, I don't remember them from any of the games. So, in Halo's one of the uh, the races, um, like, you might not remember because they they are just in armor, they look like they, they look like just big guy in armor, and they they kind, kind of just look like they have big, oh, right, muscles, the, like the giant, they, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, but they actually right. call these of worms. Like they right. just the colonies of worms in a in a suit. That's why before the I knew worms that like ten years in, ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why before the worms came in, you see the leg of one of them. Right. In the okay. Yeah. Okay. So I don't yeah, know yeah. why they didn't just show it. I think they just trying to save money on the special budget. <laughs> yeah, or maybe they're like trying to save the reveal for later. Which <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I mean, because that bad guy when when it's all put together, it looks really cool. It's like the really big thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really bastard to fight sometimes. Speaking of which, the elite that shows up in episode five and just fucking kicked Master Chief as <laughs> refused to elaborate <laughs> artifact and leave. I love that guy. I do like that guy. Um, and I feel like I feel like there was a character like that in the first game that basically beat the shit out of uh, Keith David's character. Uh, I can't remember his name. The captain. Uh, oh yeah, Sergeant something. Sergeant. Yeah, I don't remember uh, his name, but Sergeant Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. That's why I haven't remembered it because it's such a generic name. <laughs> um, what you you don't like the fact that the two two of the major characters in the uh, work is called John and Johnson? 
<laughs> I hope that when we do finally meet Johnson, that he is a good guy, like a good actor and a good character because he's one of my favorite characters from the games. Um, I love him, and he, he's voiced by Keith David. So yeah, Johnson should him. be the uh, audience surrogate character because he's the guy who's just like sick of all the weird shit that's happening. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me, give me a lot less Captain Keys and a lot more Johnson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I have a feeling we might not even get Johnson. I, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to get him with two. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to hate this question. How many of the precursor races do you think they're going to bring in for the show? Ugh. Do you know how many precursor races are in the Halo lore? No, because once I really started getting into that with Halo Four, I was just like, I don't care anymore. Too many precursor races. <laughs> There's four. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, this is big spoilers for people who don't want to know about the game law. I don't think they're going to follow this. Um, There's four, and two of which are actually human. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know how the Covenant is trying to steal humanity right to this forerunner technology? Right. Well, it turned out the forerunner stole it from ancient version of humanity and it's actually the forerunner technology is actually precursor technology which is another ancient ancient race <laughs> that the forerunner stole the technology from and they reset humans twice so this is actually third iteration of humanity <laughs> So you're saying that there are people out there who love this lore and are defending this lore and want the show to be following the lore more? Because that sounds me, awful. <laughs> no, no, no. They need to streamline that. I, I do like the idea of turning out, like uh, people finding out that like our version of humanity isn't actually original version of humanity. I think that's kind of interesting. Not that there's not a lot of places to go with that, so I don't really care if they take that out. But I do like the idea of the forerunners, the religious figures for the Covenant, actually stealing the the right to this. The precursor have this concept of having a dominant race in the universe that it will be stole all this technology on them, but it would it would also be their responsibility to take care of life itself in the universe, like the forerunners stealing that birthright from humanity. I think that's an interesting element. And I think the idea of like ancient wise religious figures turning out to be huge assholes, that's always <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> that's always funny to me. So the precursor, the, the forerunners uh, reset humanity uh, onto, a, onto Earth. So we don't actually come from Earth. It's just a random planet they put us right, on. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, because they want to see our birthright. And then a couple of hundred years later, they use the halo ring to wipe out all life in the uh, galaxy again, so, which reset the humans again. So humans be reset twice. <laughs> okay. So, obviously, they, they're putting in forerunners, right? Do you think I mean, they'll do the to, precursor? Yeah. I'm not sure. Like, I, I don't know how far back they're gonna go especially not in this first season i don't think they're really no gonna oh, no especially uh, definitely not they but don't seem to be seeding too much of that um no no so uh, they, they will come a reveal about what forerunners are where, where these technologies are we, we haven't even heard the word forerunner yet right yeah like they'll be revealed about what the forerunner technology is and i think the show will probably just stick to that they won't do the other layer with the precursors but i think if they do that, the forerunners won't be assholes. And I think uh, people who like the video games are going to hate that if they make <laughs> forerunners. That, I would hate that too if they make the forerunners just generic precursor-wise alien race. 
because yeah, the that twist would be boring. That yeah. yeah, the twist that they secretly genocidal asshole. That's the that's actually spice it up and it makes it fun. Right. <laughs> so forerunner first, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Because halos are actually not actually forerunner technology, like the Covenant thing. It's actually precursor. Technology. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess the big question is. Are we going to see A, Fall of Reach, B, Halo this season? I think the odds are pretty good we'll see the Fall of Reach in the last episode. And if we see Halo, it'll just be like really quick shot right at the end where they like, you know, are warping away from when they're warping away from Reach. Um, Yeah, that's my prediction. Um, There there is a chance that we're not going to see either. I I do think there is a chance. But if I were a betting man, I would say we're going to see the Fall of Reach in the last episode or two maybe even the last three episodes i think if this season doesn't end with fall of reach and them warping to halo as a singer i don't think they'll get a season no i don't think anybody will be interested in season two yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if it feel like they're gonna draw it out i don't think they will get a season two. As, as, as sad as it is to say it i think that's the case <laughs> uh, i don't see what's so sad about that but okay okay i just <laughs> I want to I want to see Master Chief fight more aliens. Like I don't really care that much <laughs> if the plot sucks. <laughs> with with how they've been doing the the character designs and the effects, it would be kind of cool to see what they do with the flood. I I would yeah. want to. Yeah, but well, we're definitely I, I not see... getting that this season. Yeah, I, I want to see him on the Halo. You know? I do want to see, see the Halo. Him. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, but the thing with like Fall of Reach is the emotion, you know, weight of Fall of Reach is nobility fighting to their bitter death for the evacuation. There's no noble team in this law. Are they going right. to kill off one of the three other Spartans? Are they going to kill off Kai? That would be they a might. mistake. That would, they it might. would be awful, yeah. But they might, yeah. They, they might kill all three of them, and that would suck. But yeah, it is what it is. It would be great if like, they, at the very end, it's like, okay, your mission now is to survive, just like at the end of Reach. <laughs> okay, so I think that's it for now, and Oh, you one know, other thing. Like, did you catch oh, the no. uh, did you catch the Mass Effect Easter egg in the first episode? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Commander Shepard being called to the Skillian sector, right? right yeah. yeah. Just like the Skillian Verge, <laughs> Commander Shepard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, this made me wish me... I was watching a Mass Effect TV show instead of this. <laughs> but you know, it also made my sphincters tighten in that. Oh God! If, imagine if they made a Mass Effect show and it sucks this much. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they are making a Mass Effect show. We've talked they about are. it already. <laughs> For some reason, they are turning all the video games property that when when we were growing up, <laughs> everybody thinks should be turned into uh, movies. It's being done like thirty years later, twenty years later, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Like Uncharted, Tomb Raider. Well, I guess Tomb Raider. They've done Tomb Raider twice. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Uncharted, um, Halo. <laughs> Uh, uh, the Last of Us. <laughs> oh right, The Last of Us. Forgot about that. God of War. Are they doing a God of War? Really, I didn't yeah. know that. Actually, we'll discuss it more next week in news. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but this All has right. gone on long enough. Yes, that's it for now. We'll convene when the series conclude. <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Can I we think talk you're about something want... else. I think you're gonna <laughs> want to talk about how it ends, whether it's good or bad. <laughs> Actually, you're probably right. I'll probably want to talk about it even more if it really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Next week, like we said, we're probably going to be talking about Severance Season 1 
as a treat to Eric uh, for uh, <laughs> sitting through talking about something he hates for <laughs> two hours, uh, as a little treat, we're going to talk about something good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until then, everyone, I've been Lynn. You can find me on Twitter at Flaming Eyebrow. Uh, I am Eric, and you can find me um, on YouTube uh, under the Unapologetic Geek. And uh, until next time, we know how to play the game. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, life has been a stream. <laughs>